Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversation with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Listening to Fox Sports Radio. Oh, baby, what a wild finish we have got going on here. Uh, let's not waste any time. Brady Quinn, how the hell are you, bud? Uh, I'm doing fantastic watching this game. It is as advertised. We thought this was going to be the best game coming oh, into the man. weekend. Unbelievable. And it's lining up to be that way right now. Yeah, and by the way, so we do have to get to the big news right off the top. James Hahn uh, finished a shot back at the Sony Open in Hawaii. <laughs> so that is the uh, – oh, no, we're talking about the playoff game. So here's the status, a 43-yard attempt right now. Will Lutz to put the Saints ahead, and he drills it straight down the pipe. And New Orleans has just taken a 24-23 to lead over the Minnesota Vikings. 25 seconds left. The Vikings have a timeout remaining in the fourth quarter. The winner of this goes to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles next weekend in the NFC title game. So just an unbelievable finish. Case Keenum uh, with the help of eh, a couple of maybe a non-call or two uh, on on, uh, Adam Thielen on the drive before with a uh, Kai Forbath uh, field goal to take the lead. Now the Saints have just taken it back. But a great game going down right now in Minnesota. What do you mean mean a non-call? Well, I mean, all right, you want to be honest? There was no doubt about it that was pass interference, okay. and he still caught the football. You, you want a little behind the scenes here? Because I don't yeah, think we're on the air yet. All right, we're let's not on the it. air yet, so okay. we can have this conversation. I actually didn't see it because I was talking to you. <laughs> so, so that was my um, sort, of, sort of vague shot at what happened with not really knowing. How's that? 
it's great. 25 seconds left. The Vikings have one timeout, so they still have a chance. But let's just look, a, you know, look forward for a half second because the NFL dodged a bullet. Could you imagine if it was Case Keenum and Nick Foles for the NFC Championship? Those are your headlining quarterbacks. I mean, you'd have to make the case that given that Tom Brady is going to be taking on Blake Bortles in the AFC Championship, if the Patriots were to win the Super Bowl again, it would be what most people would consider the easiest road to get there. You're unbelievable. Hold on. You're unbelievable. This game's not over. Minnesota's got 25 seconds left. They need a field goal, and Kai Forbass a good a good kicker, and they've got a timeout left, and you're already talking about how, thank God, it's Drew Brees in the next round. Like, not only did you knock the casket over, you're dancing on top of the body, and it's not even lifeless shit. Let's give this thing a chance here. This game's over. Okay. okay. All right. They got, they got to go too far. They only have one timeout. There's just not enough time. They need a pass interference call. They need to take a chunk at a pass interference call. call and now you have a, a potential false start, with which if it's on oh, the boy. Vikings, it which is. it is, yeah. it's a 10-second runoff. Now, if the, or they it, use the timeout. Now, the, 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 the ironic thing is if that, if that was the Patriots, uh, there would be a personal foul called in New Orleans, and so the Patriots would have gotten that 15 yards back. <laughs> Stop, We man. can stir that up you just, a little bit. You just can't accept oh, greatness. No, here's the deal. NFL fans are like wind-up toys. I like to wind them up, and I like to make them dance for me. And that's just the way it's got to be. How's that feel? Eh, it's decently accurate. <laughs> I don't even know where that came from. It doesn't even make sense. All right, uh, so now a completion to Stephon Diggs. Yeah, you you got to take a timeout, or you got to come up and clock it. You're not going to have a ton of time left. He's trying to get the Saints called for a delay of game, which isn't going to happen. Who's that, Stephon Diggs? Yeah, yeah. Stephon Diggs um, is who we're referring to. I'm just... working on Craig Robertson. <laughs> this, uh... I somehow figured that was going to get to the first segment of the show. I somehow It was talked about maybe the last hour we would do it, and now it's been moved all the way to the first segment. The he's pronunciation. Been big in this game. Yeah, no, he's big been great. at times. Yeah. Digs. Yeah, he's been, uh, he's been huge in this game. So a, uh, the, the Minnesota Vikings are looking to pull off a bit of a, uh, a, a, a bit of a miracle here. The situation is Minnesota's got the ball on their own 39, 18 seconds left to go, fourth quarter. Down 24-23, Case Keenum trying to get him into field goal range. To Here's, here's what you're going to do. You've got to throw it in bounds. You're telling him down, down if it's not to the sideline, which in this case it's incomplete. But now with 14 seconds, really not a ton of time. So they're going to have to take another shot at the sideline in order to be able to preserve time because you just don't have enough time to be able to throw it in bounds, get everyone back on the ball to then snap it and spike it. And even in that point, you know, to be in field goal range, it's going to be a really long kick for four bats. So this ball has to be on the sideline. Uh, I would be shocked if it was anywhere but because uh, I just don't think 14 seconds is enough to get everyone up orchestrated to get them to snap the football and spike it. So here we go. So uh, the Minnesota Vikings now have the ball on the, again, their own 39-yard line, and the Saints have taken a timeout. So I, and, and here's and – do you want to know why I really like that timeout that the Saints just took? Do you want to know why? Why is that? Yes, yeah, sir. Because we are uh, brought to you by GEICO, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. <laughs> Visit GEICO.com for a free rate quote. That's exactly why I like that. Just so. getting it in, man. You got to get it in. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, Minnesota will feel good about it because now it gets you know their operations ready. Uh, as I said before, it has to be a play where it's out of bounds. If it was in bounds, uh, again, 14 seconds is tight, man, to get up there and be able to spike it. And then at that point, you obviously have to bring the field goal unit on or you're trying to throw a Hail Mary, which even in that case, from where they're positioned right, they're on their own 39. I don't think Case Keenan can get the ball at the end zone on a Hail Mary uh, if they can't get anything on this play. 
So they, they need to get some sort of positive game just to have a shot at that. Yeah, so here's – and look – Minnesota Viking fans right about now are probably like, man, can we catch a break? At some point, can we get a break? Because they have had just such playoff heartbreak. And now another incomplete pass by Case Keenum. Ten seconds left to go, and he was throttled on that play. So uh, we're looking at ten seconds. So what do you got? You've got maybe a 10-yard out, a 12-yard out. Yeah, and then 10, you try and get 10 12-yard out just to get you closer to throw a Hail Mary. Um, and, and, and obviously, if it's a 10-yard out, you know, the first down doesn't matter in this case. Because you only have a couple more downs, and it might have to be uh, a five or, or ten yard out, only because uh, one, the time element, you only have ten seconds, uh, but two, the pass rush right now. I mean, the Saints are really getting after this offensive line for the Vikings. And stupid. I mean, the 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 crummy part about all this is Minnesota, and, and we're just going to crack jokes and bust balls while there's a team whose playoff fate is on the line. As Case Keenum is back to throw it, going deep right side, and uh, oh my God, he caught it. Stephon Diggs just caught that ball, and he's going to score. You got to be kidding me! And the game is over. Stephon Diggs just scored on a- unbelievable. You've got to be kidding me! And the Vikings just won the game, twenty nine twenty four, the final. That is the worst defense Good I have seen God. in the history of the NFL on a final play like that. What the My hell was goodness. that? I have no idea. That you know what it looked like? It looked like the defenders were just worried about getting called for a PI. That that was the that was their only concern. And Def- Stephon Diggs just went up and caught that ball and ran it. It turned around and ran and, and was untouched into the end zone. That's, the crazy that is, part about that is you could tell for a half second he was like, I should step out of bounds. But I think once he realized what? that once P.J. Williams missed, that's a rookie, who's by the 40, way. By the way, who's, who's 43? Is that Darren Sproles? Is he back? Is Darren Sproles <laughs> no. back in New Orleans? I believe it's the rookie safety out of Utah. Um, what the hell was that? Man, he totally olayed. He olayed. And he's the last line of defense. I, I think that's what I'm more bothered by is, is how who was assigned for him? Why wasn't there someone else? besides uh, Williams, the only one being back there. And it's um, – looking up his name now for, for the life of me. That's crazy. There he is, Marcus Williams from Utah. Unbelievable. A rookie mistake that, that's in, one in of, the worst possible that's moment. one of the worst defensive plays. You know, we saw it in the national championship game with the blown coverage on the touchdown, and now you saw that played. And I wonder if he was – if he didn't want to go up high to make contact with Diggs and get called for a PI. So I wonder if he thought – let me just tackle him, but tackle him inbounds. And that way the clock's going to run out. Because did Minnesota have a timeout or did they use their timeout? No, they had to use the timeout. Yes. On the big game that got them to that point, they had to use the timeout for I, that play. I think that was the plan. He, he went to undercut Diggs as Diggs went up in the air to catch that ball. And he went to undercut him to drop it. And I think he was trying to make sure that he tackled him inbounds. And instead, Diggs caught the ball, turned around, and took off to the end zone. You got, that is unbelievable. That is that is the most shocking thing I have ever seen. And, and as Drew Brees runs off the field, I can only imagine what he's thinking in his head, how this defense stepped in front of his potential chance of going to another Super Bowl, trying to win another Super Bowl. It's so hard to get to this point, especially in a very, very tough NFC South division. They won it this year, but they had a lot of competition. Two other teams made the playoffs from the NFC South, and to think that that play, that it almost it oh. almost reminds you. It almost reminds you of the Denver Broncos play. Do you remember this? Joe Flacco in the heave to, was it Jacoby Jones? Yeah. Yep. The blown coverage yep. on that play in Denver that allowed Baltimore then to go 
to the Super Bowl. It, it reminds me of that play as far as how bad of a mistake that was. Now, does that make up for Gary Anderson's miss, Blair Walsh's miss, and Brett Favre's interception for Viking fans, do you think? <laughs> Maybe, only because this is such an improbable run. I mean, think about what they've been through with the quarterback situation. I mean, this wasn't plan A. This wasn't plan B. This is plan C right now. This is a guy you signed off the street as a free agent, probably the most economical of any that signed this offseason, that all of a sudden became the hero. And this is after you drafted Teddy Bridgewater in the first round. And he, after going through a gruesome injury, has made his way back, but not necessarily to the field. And... Sam Bradford, who got hurt after playing phenomenal last year uh, and playing phenomenal against this team in week one. That's the last time we saw him. Unbelievable. That's crazy, man. That is, and I, and I, do, you, what, do you think, uh, is there anything to my theory that I think he tried to undercut him, the defender tried to undercut him to make sure he tackled him inbounds? I mean, the first thing is he put his head down. I have no idea what the thought process was. But, yeah, I think you're on to something as far as right. he was probably concerned about how he wanted to make a play on the wide receiver in fear of there being a penalty and, and of them getting an untimed down and a chance to kick a field goal to win it. I'm sure that was going through the back of his mind uh, given, one, what the targeting rule has been in college since Marcus Williams came from Utah. He's a rookie this season. And then what this year, how it's all worked out uh, in regards to you know player safety on defenseless wide receivers. So I'm sure that was in the back of his mind because he really did look like a whiff. But I'm, just, I'm still confused how he was the last line of defense. I mean, at that point, how do you not have more guys in coverage? How do you not have more people in front trying to not only protect the end zone, but really, you know, give depth and, and, you know, allow them to make a catch and then come up and make a play. They had so long to go and such little time um, that it just doesn't make any sense. I mean, that is just a, an absolute blunder by the Saints defense. Unreal. Uh, executive producer Eric Roberts, what's up? So I think you might get credit for this, Jonas, because we have the exact moment, the seconds before this ha- unfolded. Uh, we got the audio, so just give, give this a listen real quick. The crummy part about all this is Minnesota, and we're just going to crack jokes and bust balls while there's a team whose playoff fate is on the line. As Case Keenum is back to throw it, going deep right side, and uh, oh my God, he caught it. Stefan Diggs just caught that ball, and he's going to score. you got to be kidding me. And the game is over. Stefan Diggs just scored. Can we cut to Brady's laugh and ask how many packs a day you've been smoking since you were 10 years old? Can we cut straight to Brady's laugh on that audio? It's, 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 it's cigars. We're packs and packs cigars. That's cigars. Sounds like a car backfiring. <laughs> it sounds like I swallowed some of those cigars. That's what, that's what it sounds like, man. Oh, oh that, that, that is, You know but what listen. that is? That's me being sick three times in the past month and just now being able to get on the, on the backside of this whole thing. Unbelievable. All right, so, uh, so that is a situation on a miracle play at the end. The Minnesota Vikings advance to the NFC title game, so everybody gets what they want. They get Keenum versus Foles <laughs> in the NFC championship game next weekend. So a touchdown pass to Stephon Diggs. On the final play, and Minnesota is on to the NFC title game, so we're going to have a, a bunch of stuff on that. Also, when we come back, I, I think Brady and I are going to try and do something that every single man has tried to do at one point in time, okay? And it's in regards to what just happened in Minnesota. That's next year on Fox Sports Radio. Jonas Knox, Brady Quinn, Fox Sports Radio. All right, we're going to try and do something here. 
that every man has tried at one point or another. We are going to try and do that. Uh, that'll be coming up here in a couple of minutes. I do want to let you know we are coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago. Uh, Brady Quinn and I went on the air at 8 p.m. Eastern time, right on the dot, on time as total professionals. And turned into fangirls uh, towards the end of the segment with the <laughs> final, with the final call, uh, with the with the final of the Minnesota Vikings and New Orleans Saints game. We're going to hear the Viking side of it. This is the Vikings radio network. The great Paul Allen on the call. Let me set up the situation. This is was it a third and ten? I think it was a third and ten. Third and ten. Yeah, the Vikings had the ball at their own thirty nine. Zero or 10 seconds left. Yeah. And 10 seconds left. uh, They're on 39 yard line with no timeouts left, down by a point. And here's how it sounded courtesy courtesy of the Vikings Radio Network. Case on a deep drop, steps up in the pocket. He'll fire to the right side. Caught by Diggs. Stay up. Oh my God. Oh my God. 30. No. Okay, now, do we have the Saints side of that? Do we have the New Orleans Saints call? Because I, I want to hear the difference between the two. Okay, we we, we don't have the Saints side yet. Uh, I want to hear the difference between the two. Because, <laughs> because those, guys, those guys were out of their minds. And now, uh, yeah. Well, and by the way, Paul Allen, yes, one of the best to do it. Oh, he's so, awesome. Yeah, he's he's incredible. Uh, I don't know who the Saints guy is, but it's hard to live up to Paul Allen in general. Here's the Saints radio network. Here's Keenan dropping, looking, throwing near sideline, and it's caught by Stephon Diggs. He's going to take it inside the 15, 10, 5, touchdown on the final play of this game. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? He could have came up and just tackled him. He stuck, put his head down, and he didn't step out of bounds, Jim. They're going to review it, but he didn't step out of bounds. Wow. That is, <laughs> that's rough, man. That is, that's a, that's a rough, and by the way, do we have uh, myself and Brady Quinn? You want to hear broadcast professionals. <laughs> you want to hear a couple of pros, everybody. All right. Now forget Paul Allen. Uh, forget all the greats. Forget Aikman. Forget Buck. Forget all the great broadcasters like Tony Romo. You want to hear a couple of professionals call a miraculous touchdown live on radio? Take it away. The crummy part about all this is Minnesota, and, and we're just going to crack jokes and bust balls while there's a team whose playoff fate is on the line. As Case Keenum is back to throw it, going deep right side, and uh, oh my God, he caught it. Stephon Diggs just caught that ball, and he's going to score. you got to be kidding me. And the game is over. Stephon Diggs just scored on it. That's how it's done, man. Listen, like you guys want us to give you tips on how, how to broadcast games? That's how it's done. Who was better, me or Joe Davis there? Well, did he? Uh, the, I mean, you it. were. Stephon Diggs just caught that ball. you got to be kidding me. What is that and laugh? The game it is almost over. sounds Stephon. like for a half second a plane was taking off. I have no idea. Oh, man, that was great. A little Louis Armstrong there. The voice gets deep, like John John Fox. It's like John that's a Fox. Great, that's actually a great call on the Louis, uh, Louis Anderson? Or did you say Louis Armstrong? Louis Armstrong. I'll yeah, see. that's okay. uh, so. Here's what we need to do. All right, this is important because I feel like 
Like, you, have you ever done this in your life? Because this applies to what we just watched, uh, and now Minnesota is on to the NFC Championship game to take on the Philadelphia Eagles uh, next weekend. Have you ever been in a relationship and you you did something nice for someone just so you could ask for something? You know what I mean? Like, like you wanted to go to Vegas with your buddies, but before you propose the question of, hey, we're all thinking about going to Vegas, you get them flowers or you take them out to dinner or something like that, and then you drop the question on them because they're going to be in a better mood and maybe it'll land better. No, I understand where you're going. Yeah. I'm not sure about the flower standpoint, but okay. yeah, carry on. Okay. Our boss, Scott Shapiro, hmm. is a Minnesota Vikings fan, diehard, born and raised. Now's the time we ask for a raise. Now's the time. <laughs> Seriously. Like, now is the time. And I'm not talking about just a little bit of a raise. I'm talking about, like, 400%, okay? I, I want it all. I, we could get a private jet. Uh, we could get, I mean, we could have the, the show catered. We could we could fly you back and forth from Fort Lauderdale and here. We could meet up halfway through. We could do a show in Tupelo, Mississippi, if we wanted to. We were on the air when his team just pulled off the most miraculous win in the history of the franchise. Now's the time we ask for things. I'm with you. I just think it could go the other way, where now we're only working this time slot for the rest of our lives okay. because of the luck that it brought. That's Minnesota true. Vikings. Yeah, I didn't think about that. See, you're, yeah, always, you're, you're always thinking big picture, <laughs> and I'm always was... thinking small picture. Like, that's the problem. You're always big, and I'm always small. <laughs> well, <laughs> oh, it's way too early for this conversation. <laughs> what, what do you think I'm getting at there, pal? I have no idea. I just know the gutter, Stephon Bob. Diggs. Uh, Stephon Diggs had, had a, just a phenomenal play at the end of that game. I, I'm I'm still in shock. I can't believe it of what I just saw. Well, I can't because it had to have been. I I I wonder if the safety had to have just looked at looked at the at the catch and thought, all right, let me make sure that I just undercut him and tackle him inbounds. But he totally whiffed. He whiffed his entire body, and Diggs turned around. I'm surprised Diggs didn't step out of bounds. Just out of pure shock that there was nobody behind him. But I, I don't I don't know that's that's insane to me. Like okay. that. Do you ever go on some of the websites like ESPN in particular? They have a win probability. Okay. So what you can do is you can actually go down to the graph and you can go through each play throughout the course of the game and see how it impacted a team's chance of winning one way or another. And they and how they do it is they base it upon other game situations that are similar and they base on what was the eventual outcome. Um, I'm trying to find the the one for this because. What it shows is it shows the second and ten play, and then that's it. It it actually skips over the third and ten, um, and at that point, this is kind of crazy to me. Only because, like last year, for example, right? If you remember the Super Bowl, and they talked about it in this game, the Saints would have been what the only other team to overcome a seventeen point deficit. Um, in, in the playoffs in the NFL history in the second half, I believe. And at that point, so second and 10, 14 seconds left in the game, New Orleans had a 96% win probability. I don't know if that sounds high to you. I find that interesting only because, like, I want to say last year when it was, what, 28 to 3, at one point in the game, it was like 98 or 99% win probability for Atlanta. And then it just goes to show you how things changed. Uh, but in this, in this case, that, that changed literally in, in one play. On one down, one play, with ten seconds left, just remarkable. That's insanity, man. This, uh, that is that is one of the most that is one of the most unbelievable plays I've seen. We were on the air, and I kept looking around. Like this is how the NFL has scarred me because I kept looking around for flags. You know, like I just I just assumed, oh, okay, yeah, sure, 
yeah, okay, sure, it's a touchdown. And then there was no flags, and it was like, well, what do we do? And before I could even gather my thoughts, you erupted in a professional laugh on the air, and it just, the whole thing was chaos. I, I can't even believe you got to be kidding me. And the is game that is- my voice, or is that the <laughs> levels? Like, do we need to change the uh, levels, maybe, with the gains, turn that down a little bit or something? Nah, and who knows? Bobo was on Tinder at the time when the play happened. Probably. So, yeah, He's always swiping no. right. So yeah, black people guy. meet. Yeah, so. oh, black people meet? <laughs> Unbelievable. Jonas, weren't you on there one time? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I get it. Okay, okay, I get what you're getting. Are you, are you trying to make fun of the lighting in the studio, Brady? You don't think I would? Okay, <laughs> no, well, a, I wasn't saying right. that. Okay. Is this the Willie Sneed, Cole Beasley conversation? Oh, by the way, if we get somebody, oh, we can't now because the Saints lost. I was so looking forward to that. I was going to ask them if we got somebody from the Saints. I was going to ask them if they too have been confused. They see Willie Sneed and they go, "Hey, Beasley, get out of the huddle." Oh, Willie, that's you. <laughs> I don't one. Why would you want Cole Beasley out of the huddle? <laughs> I don't know. It was, just, like, it, was just, it was just a way to get the joke in. To be like, honest with you, I didn't really think it all the way through. I mean, isn't that like kind of an even swap anyway? I mean, they're both like pretty solid receivers. Like I would take either one. Oh, it's crazy. Okay, so we we've got to be. We need. There's a clock. We got to pay attention to the clock. We cannot let you butcher the clock anymore, Brady. All right. Uh, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox here, Fox Sports Radio, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Um, we already know. What important people think is going to happen next weekend in the NFL. We already know, all right? So we'll get to that coming up next. But for all the latest from around the world of sports and a huge night in the NHL, Steve DeSager. (laughs) Wow is all I can say. (laughs) Wow. WWL Saints Radio Network at the end. Touchdown on the final play of this game. Are you kidding me? Minnesota 29-24, the final on the 61-yard touchdown pass in the final seconds. Case Keenum to Stefan Diggs. Diggs then, they caught up with him on Vikings Radio Network, KFAN. How big is this win for this football team and this organization? I don't even know. I can't even think right now. Steph, thanks for your time. I'll see you in the locker room, baby. (laughs) There was more to that, but he couldn't think just now. Like a lot of fans there in the stadium. Case Keenum, by the way, uh, Fox did catch up with him. <laughs> I can't even explain it, man. I mean, we were definitely in desperation mode. Just to give my guy a chance, and Diggs, made a heck of a play. Made a lot of plays today. Uh, you got to give our guys credit, man. We fought to the very end, and uh, that's special, man. That's, that's one of the most special, special times of my life. So Philadelphia will be hosting Minnesota in the NFC Championship game next Sunday on Fox TV. That's at 6.30 p.m. Eastern time. The Vikings have a chance to become the first team to play the Super Bowl in your home stadium. We've had teams play in their home area, but not their home stadium in the Super Bowl before. Keep in mind, the home team in the Super Bowl alternates from conference to conference year to year. Since the NFC champs were home team last season, the Vikings would actually be the visitors in Minnesota if it gets to that for Super Bowl 50, uh, what are we, 53 that we would be up to. Indoors for that game in Minnesota and under 15 degrees outside. It was about 15 degrees outside in Pittsburgh, and the hot team was Jacksonville. Got out to a big lead, 21-0 second quarter, and upset the Steelers there, 45-42, Leonard Fournette three touchdown runs, 109 yards rushing. The new head coach for the University of Arizona reportedly is Kevin Sumlin, ex of Texas A&M. Back to you. Thanks, Steve. Jonas Knox, Brady Quinn here, Fox Sports Radio, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 
where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Uh, all right, so we, we now know, Brady, uh, the uh, at conference championship weekend is set in the NFL. We know that it's going to be the Jacksonville Jaguars at the New England Patriots. And we know that it's going to be the Minnesota Vikings at the Philadelphia Eagles. If you had to guess, all right, let's just play a little guess here. What would you think the betting lines would be for each? I would think New England is a eight to eight and a half point favorite over Jacksonville at home. Okay. I would say that Philly, I think they're a two and a half to three and a half point favorite at home. Okay. Uh, New England is a nine point favorite at home against Jacksonville. Okay. And the Vikings are a three point favorite at Philadelphia. That's that's surprising, and I guess it goes to show you how people feel about Nick Foles, even after what I thought was a, a pretty darn efficient and, and solid performance uh, versus the Falcons. Uh, but it goes to show you how they feel about him, because that is, to me, directly indicative of the, his quarterback play and how they feel about that offense, because you know Philly's defense can play well. I mean, literally, if you look at uh, the 10 points that Atlanta scored in that game, they all came off turnovers. Literally, they, they, they all needed the additional field position. And, and I don't know, maybe that line will change, only because if you go back and look at the scoring drives for the Eagles, I know some, most of them were field goals, um, and they had one touchdown drive, but there, there were long drives, man. I'm talking about 12, 14 plays, 12 plays, seven, eight-minute drives. I mean, that's not luck. That is methodically working it down the field. That's game planning. That's execution. All the things that you're looking for out of your out of your quarterback and out of your offense, and the Eagles did it versus what I believe to be a very talented Atlanta Falcons defense. So that line to me is somewhat surprising. Uh, the over the total in that game for the uh, Vikings at the Eagles is 38. The total in uh, New England Jacksonville is 46 and a half. Do you do you give Blake Bortles any chance going in there? Because I know you were you were talking a little bit about the Patriots defense and how the Patriots defense maybe doesn't get the credit it deserves. Yeah, because people I think looked at, at statistics and they they were they really struggled early on. Is this are they really nine points better than that Jacksonville team? Like, is that offense going to score nine more points on that Jacksonville defense? I, I think they can. They have the ability to. Um, first off, like let's look at Tom Brady's track record versus Jacksonville: seven and zero all time, five and zero in regular season, two and zero in the playoffs, seventeen touchdowns, the two interceptions. Now, this is a different story. A different year, a different group when you look at Jacksonville. Uh, their combination of their pass rush, number two in the league as far as sacks go, outside to all pros and Boyer and Ramsey at cornerback. Like, you know what that looks like to me and sounds like to me? I don't know, maybe a New York Giants team led by Tom Coughlin? Oh, oh yeah, that's right. He's down in Jacksonville now. Like, that, this team reminds me a little bit, uh, not offensively because Eli Manning played phenomenal in the playoffs for the Giants in those Super Bowl runs in those years and had clutch performances in those games. Blake Bortles has played decent. Uh, I wouldn't go anywhere close to saying he played as well as Eli Manning did in those playoffs. Uh, And we'll see how things continue. But when you look at how they match up, this defense reminds you a little bit of of what, you know, I guess – Tom Brady and the Patriots struggle with. Um, and, and now the difference being that that's a neutral site. It's the Super Bowl. They get them coming to their house. Uh, and, and that's where the difference is. So I, I think it's a, it's a fair line. I know it looks big, uh, but you're talking about the greatest quarterback of all time. Uh, now, this is, a, uh, this is a fun little stat. Did you know that the Patriots 
are 0-4 in conference championship games when they allow the team to score first in the NFC in the NFL divisional round, the round before. Did you know that? I, I did not. Okay. I made all of that up just now. Yeah, that, Off that the top of my head, like all of that stat. was made up. That was I, a completely made Is that up. because I had some stats like yes. loaded up, ready to go? Yes. You didn't, okay. I, I felt inadequate. It's okay. Yeah. That, you know, that, that's happened before. It, between listen, us, I, felt, I felt mad. Yes. You know, remember but, that bathroom break? <laughs> Never mind. Um, <laughs> you remember, when, remember when I took my socks off? You're like, hey, where'd they go? I said, huh. huh? <laughs> <laughs> the two can play this game, bud. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't even know what we're talking about. All right, uh, okay. So, so the Vikings just win that game. Yeah. It, what's the closest you've ever come? Just on the New Orleans side, what's the closest you've ever come to feeling what New Orleans is feeling right now in a game that that is that's craziness, and it really is on one guy. Okay, yeah. like it's on which one um, guy's fault. It's it's hard to even put this in a comparison because this wasn't um, this wasn't a playoff run or anything like that, but. When when we were in Cleveland, it was Eric Mangini's first year. We had won one game, and after the bye, um, I'd gotten the opportunity to start again. They had benched me after like the first two games or or, or something like that, and we got into more of a no huddle offense. We were making strides, but we we hadn't brought home that next win yet. And we were on the road playing Detroit. It ended up being somewhat of a shootout, and on the final play of the game, Matt Stafford throws a hail mary. They call pass interference on Calvin Johnson. So they get a play from the one on an untimed down. They score. And, and this is meaningful because we were up by a touchdown. So instead of electing to kick, being that they're at home and go play in overtime, they go for two. And they get the two-point conversion, and we lose. And that's basically how things ended, and that was one of the most miserable feelings oh. uh, that, that kind of occurred literally in the last four seconds of a game. Um, so, you know, kind of been there to some capacity. Nothing like this, though. I mean, that was so improbable. Um, and I can only imagine, you know, what, what it feels like for the Minnesota Vikings and Case Keenum just even, you know, Case Keenum to sit back and think about where he was before the season when he's a free agent watching other guys get signed. Finally, Rick Spielman, the general manager, calls him, and he goes into it thinking, okay, I'm going to be a backup. You know, who knows what's going to happen when Teddy Bridgewater comes back healthy. Maybe I'll be the three. Maybe I'm the two. I don't know. Sam Bradford's the guy. And all of a sudden, Sam Bradford gets hurt, and he can't come back. Bridgewater isn't ready yet, and you're the guy. And you play at a high enough level to be able to lead your team to the NFC Championship. I mean, this is a storybook. This is like a made-for-TV movie that will eventually come out one day. Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox here, Fox Sports Radio. Now, I don't know if you knew this or not, but the betting line on the Vikings and the Saints was the Vikings minus five and a half, okay? Instead, when the Vikings scored that touchdown, there was no time left on the clock, so they went up by five. They still needed to attempt the extra point. So that extra point with no time on the clock was going to determine which side of the bet won. So there by five, people are waiting around. The degenerates are waiting around. Uh, their ashtray is just overflowing at this point. Uh, they've got food and beer spilled all over their, the front of their shirt. They're waiting around for this extra point, and Minnesota takes a knee. They took a knee with no time left, and that way anybody who bet the Saints plus five and a half actually won that game, despite how the game ended. If you had the Saints plus five and a half because Minnesota took a knee on the extra point with no time left, you won your bet.
How's it's that? a consolation prize. Oh, okay. Well, we do have somebody who bet the other side. Okay. We have a live reaction moments after the Minnesota Vikings took a knee to win by five. Here's a gentleman who actually had the Vikings minus five and a half. Why don't you just give me a bottle of scotch and a handgun to blow my head off? Okay, we- that is, I mean, this is, again, we <laughs> don't screen <laughs> We don't screen any of this stuff, but we, we want to, like, we get the top guests, okay, the top-notch guests here on Fox Sports Radio, all right? So not only will we provide you with a guy who bet the losing side, but we'll provide you with a guy who might sound a lot like Leonardo DiCaprio. And that's the least we could do. I was going to say, it, it didn't have that Minnesota accent that I thought he would have. <laughs> yeah, it did weird. Uh, I, I knew that voice sounded familiar. It didn't sound like he was from, um, you know, like, you know, living on Lake Minnetonka. Although, oh, man. I bet Leo's got a place up there. I heard uh, it's beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful up there. Him got and a, Prince, right? Yeah, Prince he's got a, lot, got a lot of places. And I don't want to go those places with you right now because we got to go to break. <laughs> that's, what, that's what it is. All right. Uh, we're professionals here. We're staying on, on point here with the clock. We are just going by the clock here as professionals. Uh, coming up next, though, this show here, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox, Fox Sports Radio, you hear it every single week at this time. This show is responsible for one half of the final four in the NFL playoffs. We are solely responsible. Find out how next year on FSR. You got to be kidding me. Jonas Knox, Brady Quinn here, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, this show is responsible for one for one half of the final four in the NFL, all right? It, it's responsible for an entire conference and what has happened in that conference in the NFL. Solely responsible. So we'll get to that here coming up in just a minute. We do want to let you know we are brought to you by Geico, and we've got great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. All right, so the uh, the craziness that just took place less than an hour ago as we were just going on the air the Minnesota Vikings on a third and 10 play, uh, down by a point, no timeouts left, own 39-yard line. Case Keenum throws what I, I guess you would call a flag route, like an old-school flag route where a guy yeah. just kind of – Yeah, that's up. a flag, corner seven, whatever you want to call it. By the way, impressed I knew that was a flag route, huh? Come on. Come yeah, on. No, that what, was what really, really, really impressive. Mm-hmm. Really. Yep, yeah. you're welcome. Uh, I'll break down some other stuff with you uh, – uh, all throughout the like, I'm actually uh, Brady talks to me before he does his show during the week, just to get it, just to get a run through <laughs> of formations and all sorts of fun stuff. Uh, yeah, but no, that's right. in all seriousness, so Case Keenum uh, gets Stephon Diggs. He gets Stephon Diggs on a flag route, and the defender for New Orleans. I haven't even had time. This has been craziness. I haven't even had time to look up who the defender was. I know all I know is he wore 43, and that was Darren Sproles' number. It and was that's Marcus Williams. Okay. We, we, I, I addressed that early. He's okay. a rookie out of Utah. Okay. Good but, player, by the way. Um, but, but see, Not but there. I wasn't here for that because I was running over to the liquor store. So uh, Marcus Williams whiffs on a tackle. And so now what the conversation is going to become, the conversation is going to become, well, see what the NFL has now done to these guys. They're so concerned about being flagged for pass interference that they're Olaying guys that are trying to make a grab. I promise you That'll be a conversation that takes place somewhere either tonight or tomorrow when people are recapping what happened in that game. Somebody will make an excuse for it. Yeah, didn't we kind of already say that? Well, no, but but no, but here's he blew he blew the play. But I don't want to hear anybody do the whole, yeah, but he's so worried about getting called for a PI because of the way the game had been called so far. Stop. I think he tried to tackle him inbounds and he went low on the play. Like there was 
Adam Thielen, you could have called a PI a, a short time before that in the fourth quarter, and they didn't call it because it was and, – and Troy Aikman and, and Joe Buck even made the point that it was a bang-bang play and that officials are told – Mike Pereira even said officials are told if it's a bang-bang play, do not make the call. So, so I just think this is going to be used as an excuse as to why – he didn't make the play in that situation because they're going to say, well, he was worried about getting called for a PI. That's what the officials have done to this league now, and I think it's a bunch of crap. Well, I think there's, there's a number of things, right? Uh, don't you recall the – was it Le'Veon Bell uh, versus Cincinnati Bengals? Remember we, he was running up the sideline, and the defender in this case, uh, I think it was William Jackson, he olayed him because he thought he yeah. had stepped out of bounds yep. and he didn't want to hit him because he was concerned that – he was going to get called for unnecessary roughness. Um, this is unfortunately the dilemma that I, I do think it enters the minds of some of these defensive backs because since that wide receiver is in a position where he's catching the football, he's deemed defenseless. And what that means is it's not even if they hit him as far as the timing, it's, it's how they hit him, right? Um, so, so all those things are going through the course of their mind. And, and look, it was a bad play. It was a bad defensive call in the first place, okay? Let's not put it all on Marcus Williams. Why is Dennis Allen not have more guys back Ooh. to help out? Why is that route, which was, let's say, 20, 25 yards downfield, where it was caught, not necessarily including the rest of the run, which I believe it was 61 yards. So why, wasn't, why weren't there more defenders back deeper to not allow that to happen in the first place is, is my question. But uh, at the end of the day, you can't deny the fact that these guys do have a lot to think about now as far as how they hit receivers, um, where they hit receivers, you know, players on the sidelines, whether they stepped out, whether they didn't. All those things factor into that play. All right, so we mentioned this, that we are solely responsible for what has happened in the NFL this season. And if you, if you think that we're crazy, chew on this. The NFC Championship game next weekend, is going to be seeing Case Keenum take on Nick Foles, which is a dream matchup. Well, for nobody. But <laughs> but it's a dream matchup for us, and here's why. Because both of them played for what coach while members of the Rams? Jeff Fisher. Yes. You do him pretty well, don't okay, you? Okay, well, that, this is my point. Earlier this week, Brady thought I was lying when I said I was walking by the mall, getting ready to leave the mall, and passing by the Apple store. And by the way, if you walk by the Apple store and you just yell out, Hey, geek! 300 people turn around. Like, it's amazing. <laughs> I, like, do it sometime. Do it sometime. I swear to God. But never mind that. So I'm walking by, and who walks out of the Apple store drinking a coffee and looking at their phone? Jeff Fisher. Our eyes locked. And since that moment, Jeff Fisher quarterbacks are 2-0 and in the NFL playoffs. Put my feet up here. Feet are up on the desk. Yep. I have more questions about Jeff Fisher being in a mall at an Apple store than I do about either of the quarterbacks facing off the NFC Championship. Like, first off, what was he holding, buying? What was he doing? What was he he wearing? Was he wearing, like, Rams-issued gear? He was wearing, like, a lumberjack shirt, like one of those, uh, you know, like like lumberjack shirts. Um, Like, he was Clark Griswold. Uh, Very, very, very gray. He was smaller than I thought. Uh, He was smaller. Like... Like, you make me feel small. I'm 6'2", and I stand by you, and I feel like Vern Troyer taking a dump. Like, you make me feel small, (laughs) Brady Quinn, because you're so big. I walked by Jeff Fisher, and I felt like a monster. He was very small. He was wearing a lumberjack shirt. Glasses were coming down on the cheek. I don't think it was him, man. It was him, man. How do you know it was him? Because I know what Jeff Fisher looks like. 
There's a lot of if Jeff Fisher has one of those like oh, mustaches oh, no, and faces oh, that yeah, look like a lot of people. Yeah, there's a lot of Jeff Fisher doppelgangers out there. By the way, you know who's a Jeff Jeff Fisher doppelganger? Who? Somebody who's got no luck whatsoever. That's who. <laughs> all right. That was Fisher, and this show's responsible for the NFC champion. An absolute crazy ending to the NFC and and the NFL divisional playoffs to be as a whole that just took place a short time ago as the New Orleans Saints give away a game at the end on a Stephon Diggs miraculous touchdown and a blown coverage by New Orleans. Uh, we'll have all sorts of uh, some post-game sound. Sean Payton actually spoke about the play itself, so we're going to hear from Sean Payton. He's going to join us here uh, in just a couple of minutes. Jonas Knox, Brady Quinn here, Fox Sports Radio, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. So we must start with the game that went final while we were on the air, uh, the uh, the Vikings radio network had the call. Paul Allen, one of the all-time greats at his gig, is on the call with the Minnesota Vikings down by a point at their own 39, no timeouts left, third and 10, trying to get a play down the sideline to get out of bounds to, to, to Stephon Diggs to set up a field goal, and here's how it sounded. Case on a deep drop, steps up in the pocket. He'll fire to the right side, caught by Diggs. Stay up. Oh, Unbelievable, man. I, I, I still can't believe that happened. I still cannot believe that that's how it went down. Um, and so there it is. So Minnesota is now in the NFC Championship game. Have you had a chance to go ahead and gather your thoughts, Brady Quinn, about what we saw? Yeah, and, and I'm actually going to kind of reverse um, the perspective we've been taking, which is largely from Minnesota. And I think that's because of you know their, their recent, um, I don't know if you want to call them blunders, mistakes, uh, especially – in regards to field goals, right? I mean, most recently, Blair Walsh misses the kick at home uh, to beat the Seattle Seahawks. It sends the Seahawks to – that was the wild card round, I believe. So they sent the Seahawks to the divisional round. Uh, but but that's been their past, right? Um, like Gary Anderson? Yeah. Um, so, you know, this – this we <laughs> thought it was coming down to a kick, right? And and then all of a sudden it ends up being ended by, you know, a, a pass to Stephon Diggs and a tremendous play. Uh, but let's think about it from the Saints' perspective, like, if you're a Saints fan right now, you just suffered through three seasons in a row of being 7-9, and nine, yeah. right? All of a sudden, you win the division, a division that was as competitive as it gets in the NFL. You had three teams go to the playoffs, okay, including yourselves. As good as this defense was or improved from a year ago, they were awful, okay? The Saints defense was awful in 2016, and they were vastly improved. How many more years do you have? Like this past year, if you're the Saints, you're yep. Drew Brees. No, that's and I think about this stuff every year at this time because when I hear people tell, yeah, but you know the future's bright. Like you, you of all people know this. There is no future guaranteed in the NFL. That's why no. what happens in New England is so insane. Like, like it's the most difficult thing to do in the NFL is to win consistently. Of the of the twelve teams that made the playoffs last year, eight of them missed the playoffs this year. You can't, especially in that division, you can't expect New Orleans is going to do this again. And Drew Brees is pushing forty, man. He's going to be forty years old, and is does isn't he a free agent? Isn't his uh, contract up? No, nah, I believe he's got an additional year. Um, 
But either way, to your point, because I mean, look, they're not they're not letting him go. Um, they might extend him to a short term, you know, deal with a lot of you know mostly guaranteed money. You know, because he's been franchised twice. If he gets franchised again, it's like forty four million dollars. It's not a yeah, big egg. I, I remember the numbers pretty big. I, I think I think after twenty eighteen, um, he'd become a free agent. I think. I don't know. I think I think he's a free agent. Um, let, we'll have a, or we actually have a, obviously we've got a, a big budget here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, so we actually have a Drew Brees salary cap insider with us here. So we will have that um, coming up here uh, in just a few minutes. Um, and so uh, let's go live to our Drew Brees salary cap insider, Steve DeSager. Uh, Steve, a uh, man who wears many hats, uh, to be the salary <laughs> cap insider of Drew Brees has got to be a lot of work. Is he a free agent? He's listed as a free agent Ooh. for 2018. But he's not. Drew Brees signed a one-year, $24 million, uh, contract with the Saints, including $30 million signing bonus, uh, average annual salary. So Brees will, earn it, will have, carry a cap hit of $18 million in 2018. So unless some, for some reason that was voided, uh, I believe that's still uh, – maybe that's just pushed to 2018 because uh, it doesn't have him down as a salary, but they'd have to carry that as the cap hit, which is kind of interesting. I mean, but yeah, to your point, though, if you're a Saints fan – Man, you can't like they haven't they haven't really done a whole hell of a lot since they won that Super Bowl. I mean, that's that's a fact. They haven't really done a whole hell of a lot since that Super Bowl. And you just wonder how many more chances are you going to get? So when you're in these positions to to capitalize on something like that, you you got to take advantage of it. That's that's a terrible terrible loss by New Orleans. The bottom line, guys, is that Breeze has said even to a San Diego station, "I don't plan on leaving New Orleans ever." And since he's yeah. not retiring now, that answers the question. Well, I don't plan on getting a sex change, but, you know, you start drinking and things change. <laughs> That's not relatable? About that sounds really inappropriate. I don't understand when you say things like what? that, how you think that all of a sudden we can transition to some sort of legitimate conversation. Yeah, just testing your ability. It's like, um, you know, like everybody can do curls, but when can you do it on one leg? You know what I mean? Like when you're in the gym or you do it on one of those like stabilizing balls. What if you have three legs? How does that work? I don't know. Let's go. uh, Bobo, how do you do that? Well, see, it's all about uh... (laughs) 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 that. Unbelievable. Um, But uh, so, so be a professional here. Seriously, let's have a real conversation. If, has Drew Brees diminished at all? Has his skill set, because it feels like. You know, Don't maybe. say it. Don't say it. it, it has, he hasn't diminished at all. I mean, they, they allowed him to take a step back this year because they realized what they were doing when they led the league in attempts with two of the last three years. It wasn't working. They were 7-9. It stresses your defense. Uh, you're forcing them to be on the field a lot. And, you know, they focused on the running game. They focused on being balanced. And it paid dividends. And it helped them win the division. So I think he's still got plenty, plenty uh, left in the tank. But... You know, it, again, that division's so good, I know, though. I know it's such a, t- a tough competitive division. You just can't guarantee that you're going to win some of those tight games that you won the year before. And guess what? Because of because of how well they performed this year, their schedule is going to be more difficult. Not that that's it's the NFL. You know, it's not like you really have that easy of a schedule. Even the Browns who didn't win a game this year, it's not like their schedule is going to be that easy next year. Um, but they're not going to have as favorable of a schedule compared to what they had this year. And there's reports that uh, that Marcus Williams um, fell to his knees on his way to the locker room after he missed the tackle. 
and he was crying with a with his head held in his hands. So, have you ever seen a teammate Brady Quinn who gave up a play that cost you guys a game that was crying like visibly dis- just totally distraught because he he cost you guys a game and you didn't feel bad for him because you said screw you pal, you cost me my win. I've never felt like that for a teammate. I've had instances like that uh, with players both in college and the NFL. Um I've I've never personally been the been the, the you know one to fill away cuz if it comes down to one particular play, it's kind of your fault. I mean, it's it's everyone's collective fault for not taking care of business earlier when they could have. And and, and you know, everyone likes to point the finger, but again, I, I'm not going to put that necessarily in Marcus all in Marcus Williams. Did he make a, a poor effort? As far as of making a play, I mean, heck, dude, do all you can just to get a penalty called because even if they would have been in field goal range at that point, you live to play another down. At least you're up at that point. You know, who knows what happens instead of giving up the, the game-winning play then. But, again, why are they in that, that coverage? Why was there not more help? Um, it, just, it, it seemed like there was a number of mistakes. It wasn't just one, one particular mistake that he made on that play. Well, Sean Payton, uh, Saints head coach, talked about the defense on the final play and the missed tackle by Williams. Outside zone, we're protecting the sidelines. Anything inside, and you're in a pretty good position where the game's over. So it's, uh, you know, it's a situation we practice quite a bit. And look, he jumped and went for the tackle, and you know the call was what we wanted in that situation, the right call. It's not on one player now. I mean, you guys. Yes, it is. I'm sure we'll want to swamp his locker. He's played well for us all year. It was a timing decision, obviously. You know, he'd like to have that back, but uh, he's been a good player for us all year. Oh, man. Like, what do you think he's feeling right now? You know, he, he made some pretty bad challenges early in the game. And, and now that we're on the topic of, you know, other things that affected or impacted the game, uh, that'd be one of them. I mean, think about that. From From – the first challenge he had, I mean, you could maybe see why, you know, he would have potentially, but it seemed pretty definitive to me uh, that they were not going to be able to overturn that ruling. And then the last one was just ridiculous. It wasn't even close. I- I'm not sure who's giving Sean Payton his advice from the booth, if that's where it's coming from, if he's doing it based on a gut yeah. feel of what he sees. Either way, <clears throat> it took away two timeouts, and it could have really come back to bite them. Uh, on on Drew Brees' final drive if he didn't work so efficiently. And this is also the same head coach who a week ago, we talked about it, why the hell did he go for it on fourth and two? Up by five. Up by five, fourth and two midfield, and he went for it. And then Drew Brees threw a ball up, and it was you know intercepted, although it was not intended to be intercepted. But nonetheless, they got yeah. away with that one as well, too. He, pretty, he got away with this one also. He also did the onside kick to start the second half in the Super Bowl. Like, he takes chances, but those two challenges, like, I don't know. I mean, what what is the responsibility? Who is there a guy dedicated to each team whose responsibility is watch replays, see if it's challengeable, and then and then d- determine and, and let the coach know? Because it seemed like he fell for guys on the sidelines who were jumping up and down yelling incomplete when it was pretty clear cut that that was a completed pass. I, uh, I'm not exactly sure how the process works for him. All I know is this. You do have a, a, a booth that should be telling you those things that does have it that, you know, they have a TV feed into that booth. So they should be able to get a look at it. Um, if you're listening to the people on the field, in particular players, man, th- that is a bad strategy. A lot of times players, you know, say things and try to get coaches to do things 
based on emotion, and, and that's where you kind of have to be the grown-up um, in, in the conversation where the kids are fighting, they're, they're acting irrational, they're acting emotional, <laughs> and you have to be the one to say, okay. Is that uh, how it's you done? Know, is, is, is this, yeah, is this the, the biggest thing right now that, that matters most? No, we need that timeout. We can't afford to lose it. Um, let's, let's not challenge this because I don't, I, don't, I don't necessarily know. From my vantage point, it didn't look good. I'm not getting that information from the booth. Um, you know, I, I, w- I would never listen to players on the field about that. That's, that's not a knock-on and not trying to be player-friendly. It's just a lot of times, you know, they think, you know, the way a play happened and, and the reality of it, you know, the truth is somewhere in between. Uh, a lot of times the, the, the player ends up being wrong and you're costing your team a timeout, which could have been, could have been crucial in this case, if not for how Drew Brees operated at the end of the game. Uh, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox here, Fox Sports Radio, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Uh, coming up next, I'm gonna I'm gonna say something, and Brady's going to rip me to pieces. All right, that that is that is a fact. I know him. I know how his mind works, and I know when I try to to stir the pot or maybe think long term about something, I usually get laughed out of the out of the show. <laughs> That's gonna happen next. Don't go anywhere. It is radio gold, maybe bronze, but it's pretty good. Next year on FSR. Jonas Knox, Brady Quinn, Fox Sports Radio. I can just picture Brady Quinn at the squat rack listening to this Power Man 5000 song back in the day. <laughs> I don't even know what this is. Power Man 5000, bro. Like, here's the thing is, I can't put this on Bobo because there's no way Bobo, Bobo knew this song. There's no way. You had to have recommended this to him. That's racist. No, I'm just saying... This doesn't seem like the type of music that Bobo likes to play. <laughs> oh, what do you? Hold on a second, Bobo. Did I tell you to play Power Man Five Thousand? Actually, you didn't. Okay, for those of you listening to the podcast right now, uh, you can't hear any of this, but it's Power Man Five Thousand, which is like a twenty-year-old song, and it stinks. Okay, it's but terrible. yeah, it's a terrible. But that's song. what I'm saying. But Bobo's I Bobo's got good musical taste, and I haven't heard him play anything up until this point. Since he's been working with us. Well, listen, he can't always cater to you. He's got to split it 50-50. This is like a divorce settlement here. So this was half, your you request. No, no, no it, was actually, it wasn't. That was actually all me. Yeah, I, that was, I that was like that one by myself. Yeah. I don't know. Wow, Power Man. By I the listen, way. I listen to so much different music. Even my neighbors look at me funny. Yeah. Well, I gotta tell you, they're probably the racist. bad song you've played, that's, Bobo. That's because your, neighbor, <laughs> your neighbors are probably racist. That's why, Bobo. That's why they look at you funny. So I shouldn't play Fallout Boys, Nick. Gotcha. <laughs> oh, please don't play Fallout Boy. <laughs> that band stinks too, man. Oh. All right. Uh, Jonas Knox, Brady Quinn here, Fox Sports Radio. By the way, um, Case Keenum spoke after the miraculous win. If you're just tuning in and you've been out and about or you, you passed out early or whatever, the Vikings were trailing the New Orleans Saints by a point. It was uh, 24-23. Uh, the uh, the Minnesota Vikings on a third and ten with ten seconds left to go, no timeouts on their own thirty nine. A miraculous catch by Stephon Diggs on a on a missed tackle by a Saints defensive back. Is it Marcus Williams, the Saints defensive back? I've forgotten his name. 60, Marcus Williams. Sixty three times I've forgotten his name. Nonetheless, uh, Stephon Diggs stays in bounds, runs down the field, mirac- miraculous touchdown, and the Minnesota Vikings are on their way to the NFC title game. Here was Case Keenum afterwards. <laughs> explain it, man. I mean, we were definitely in desperation mode. Just had to give my guy a chance, and Diggs, made a heck of a play. Made a lot of plays today. Uh, you got to give our guys credit, man. We fought to the very end, and uh, that's special, man. That's that's one of the most special, special times of my life. Diggs did have a hell of a game, man. I think, are Diggs and Thielen the best wide receiver combo in the league? Well, I, I wouldn't call them that. They're okay. one of them. Let, let me um, preface this. Are Diggs and Thielen the best wide receiver combination in the league 
who play for the Vikings. Yes. Okay. Yes, I, I'm feel pretty confident saying right. that. Yeah. That is, uh, see, that's how we get. That's how we just get get rid of the confusion and get straight to the point. Uh, they were fantastic. Yeah, um, they were big. Yeah. I mean, they were big. They <laughs> came up clutch. Thielen was big. Diggs was big. That sounded really inappropriate. I don't. I don't think that did. Let me tell you, for people that don't understand what's going on here, all right, <laughs> Brady's egging me on, okay? He is egging me on because he knows that I can only resist so long, okay? He knows I can only resist so long. It would be like if somebody brought their friend who's got a substance abuse problem to the liquor store. That's how I feel right now. He's egging me on. He's waving booze in, in front of my face, and I've got addiction issues. That which sounds is, like a Dr. Phil episode. And by the that, way, that addiction like. issues, that is the appropriate term for what you are trying to get at. All right? And we'll let people figure it out from there. Yeah, yeah the Dr. Phil story you told me was crazy. Did you not uh, look it up yet? No, I have, well, because we just, we're, we're doing a, a sports show here, man. Like, right, we've we got to be right, professionals sorry. here. Uh, so we're doing a sports show. By the way, the most amazing part of that entire play for the Minnesota Vikings, Keenum to Diggs for the game winner to send him to the NFC title game, is the fact that during the break, Bobo called him Chase Keenum. That's actually the most amazing part of everything that we just saw here. That was that was brilliantly done by Bobo who called him who Bobo, by the way, by the way, is is on stage three of a ten stage food coma right now. I can already tell you in an hour from now, we're gonna have to there's gonna be a chalk outline surrounding Bobo's body because he waited to eat like he always does, and then he eats and then his body literally shuts down. Am I wrong? You're wrong. Am I Bobo, really wrong? What do you, what do you eat? Sometimes. <laughs> I was I hadn't eaten all day, man. That's it. That, oh, what are you eating, Bobo? Apoyo loco. Apoyo loco. Oh, yeah, it's good. And grabbed a. It's, it is uh, good. I've had it. Classic chicken burrito. It was pretty delicious. But the problem is, oh. when you eat it early in the shift, then you know the back end of the shift can be a little bit. Back, of a struggle. It, back Well, the back explosive. end of my shift wouldn't be on your show, so that's more of a oh, okay. Arnie Spaniard that's issue. That's one way to treat a host. I yeah. really treat a friend like that. Unbelievable. <laughs> I get. I get a, Should we know. talk about the joke you said a second ago, off air? What about Central the monitor? Friends? Yeah. You know, let's let's actually okay. We can do that joke. We can do that joke. Let's do it an hour four. How about that? I'll make you a deal. We'll do it an hour four. <laughs> All right. Uh, so thanks, friend. So I need to. So so I need to do this, Brady, because you're gonna laugh at me over something I'm gonna propose to you here, and I don't mean okay. propose like that. Um, you're gonna laugh at me, but I I was sign, sort of on to something, and there's somebody that I really respect that I like a lot who I didn't speak to about it, but they said the same thing that I said, and it just made me feel better about my theory, okay? So we talked about this before. The NFL is a copycat league, right? Yeah. And what have we been hearing for the longest time now? You need a quarterback. You got to have a quarterback. Got to have one. Okay. Now we're looking at a conference championship weekend that has got Bortles, Keenum, and Foles. And the reason those teams are where they're at is because they had complete rosters that they built their defense and they built uh, aspects of their offense and they didn't go by the whole, you've just got to have a quarterback thing. Do you think we start to see a shift in the attention paid to the entire team and not do the old, it's got to be a quarterback and it's got to be an elite quarterback or else you can't win? Well, I think this is what you've seen with teams like, you know, when when the Seattle Seahawks won their Super Bowl when when they went to two. If you'll recall, Russell Wilson never had a chance to sign that big second contract yet. 
And and that's one of the things where when you feel like you've got the guy or a guy um, who's under contract for a reasonable amount. I mean, let's just let's just look at the situation with Foles and Keenum. Kind of kind of unique because they're both backups, but the cap allocation to Sam Bradford isn't that big. Obviously, Teddy Bridgewater is is still on his rookie deal, which he'll become a free agent after this year. So none of the allocation to the quarterbacks, and I, and I said it before, Case Keenum was probably the most economical free agent signing of a backup quarterback there was this offseason. Uh, one of the most. Not, not the most, but one of the most. So when you take all that into consideration, you know you had extra cap space to put in other spots of this team. And, and it's a young team, too, which helps, right? Because everyone's looking for that big money second contract. That's where you end up losing guys. That's when guys move on. So you've got to hit on your draft picks. You've got to hit with your valuations of guys that you bring in uh, as free agents as well. So it's kind of unique. But then you look at uh, the, the situation down in Philly. Same thing, right? Carson Wentz, we know he's the future. He's the franchise. He's on his rookie deal. Nick Foles came in as a guy who he almost retired before the season. So it's not like he signed some Mike Glennon blockbuster backup quarterback deal. Uh, so he signed a very reasonable contract. And, and you look at the rest of this roster. It helped save money for everyone else. So, so to your point, it's how it worked out. And even, even Blake Bortles, even Blake Bortles, he's still on his rookie deal. And even though he was a higher first-round draft pick and they decided to pick up his option, um, which you know really is the interesting thing of this whole deal, right? Because if Bortles gets hurt, all of a sudden they're on the hook, I want to say, for like $18 million next year against their cap, guaranteed. Uh, if you can't pass that physical come the first day of the new league year. Um, but that's beside the point. But either way, you know, my point is he's still under contract under his rookie deal, which allows you to have more flexibility with the cap, more room for the positions to build him out. And, and then, you, then you look at Tom Brady. He's taken team-friendly deals and more economical deals his entire career. He could be get, getting paid more than any quarterback in the history of the game or more than any quarterback at this point in time, right? But he's always taken more team-friendly deals. I want to say it's like $14 million or something like that he'll be making this year. So to your point, really if you look at the business, the structure of every one of these quarterback positions, that, that quarterback allocation, if you will, of their cap space, it's not that big of a number. And of all the four teams that are left, it's not that big of a number. And that's why, you know, with the exception of Tom Brady and the Patriots, which you'd have to say they're the odds-on favorite to win the Super Bowl, when you look at the rest of these teams, you could talk about quarterback play if you will, if you want, it's about defense. Yeah. Like, people always make that comment, well, you've got to have a quarterback to win it all. Do you? I mean, we, we just watched Drew Brees lose to the Minnesota Vikings, and they're known for defense. So maybe this year is that one where defense does win championships, and it doesn't happen all the time. And I do think you have to have good quarterback play. But when your defense is as special as what the Eagles have been or what the Vikings are at this point or what Jacksonville's been, you can overcome – Average quarterback play. The Broncos did it with with Brock Osweiler and yeah. Peyton Manning a few years ago. Uh, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox here, Fox Sports Radio. I do have a couple more thoughts on that because there was a situation that took place years ago in which a team thought all we need is a quarterback, and it totally blew up in their face. So uh, we'll get to that here coming up next on FSR. We are brought to you by Geico. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox back right after this. But for all the latest from around the world of sports, Steve DeSager. We had playoff wins for Minnesota and Jacksonville. Guys, I'm holding in my hand a piece of paper from a year ago, odds to win the NFL championship from Las Vegas. The Patriots were the odds-on favorite to win it all as of last April at about 2-1. to one. Jacksonville was 75-1 to one to win the Super Bowl. Over in the NFC, the Cowboys were the favorite at 5-1. to one. 
Minnesota was 18 to 1, Philadelphia 30 to 1 to win it all, even going back a full 12 months. Philadelphia and Minnesota are the NFC finalists. That'll be next Sunday on Fox TV, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Philly will host Minnesota still alive thanks to a 61-yard touchdown pass on the final play to beat New Orleans 29-24. It was a sideline pass downfield, a missed tackle by a rookie. The Saints had taken the late lead on a field goal with about 30 seconds left. Drew Brees in defeat. Three touchdown passes in the second half, couple interceptions first half. Stefan Diggs had the game-winning touchdown. The Saints, though, in their playoff history, are now 1-7 and seven on the road. A wild fourth quarter, and there were points scored on each of the last four possessions in the last four minutes of this game. Jacksonville pulled off the upset win at Pittsburgh 45-42. Leonard Fournette with three touchdown runs, 109 yards rushing. Each team scored six touchdowns today on 12 drives each. Ben Roethlisberger, five TD passes in the loss. He did have a couple of first-half turnovers, and the Jaguars led 21-0 in the second quarter. Jacksonville's in the AFC Championship game at New England next Sunday. The Bills' new offensive coordinator is Brian Dable from Alabama. He's a Buffalo area native, was an NFL assistant from 2000 to 2016. Patriots defensive coordinator Matt Patricia is reportedly leaning toward Detroit's head coach opening. Lions GM Bob Quinn is ex of New England. And the new head coach for the University of Arizona is reportedly Kevin Sumlin, former Texas A&M head man. He had been six years there, recently fired. Back to you. Thanks, Steve. Jonas Knox, Brady Quinn, Fox Sports Radio, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. So uh, we were talking about this just a second ago, The uh, how teams, I wonder if teams now are going to look at how these rosters are constructed and say, you know, maybe we don't always need to have this superstar quarterback. Let's focus on building the roster because, you know, it is a copycat league and and I saw Bucky Brooks of NFL Network, who I really like a lot. And he's been on Fox Sports Radio before. He's done shows on Fox Sports Radio. He kind of alluded to the same thing about how you build the roster, you know, what you need to have around a quarterback to give him success. I remember years ago when the thought process was, well, the Bears have got to have a quarterback. And they went out and they made this trade and they brought in Jay Cutler. And what ended up happening? Because it, it's almost like you only have so much money to go around. And there's only a short window that you can get it and, and and do it right, it seems like, with rookie deals like you were talking about to where it's not costing you a lot to keep certain guys. Because then when you have to start paying players and you've got to start paying them when their rookie contracts come up, that's where you get into a sticky situation. And I just wonder if it's almost if you don't if you don't win with talent on their rookie contract aren't you kind of rolling the dice that you're going to be able to find success moving forward? Like, if you're Jacksonville, don't isn't this the year you got to do something? Because there's a lot of guys that are going to be coming out of their rookie contract in the next year or two. Well, and they brought in a lot of guys who are free agents. And you don't know how that's going to work out in the long term, right? I think when you bring in a free agent, a guy who was drafted somewhere else, he's been introduced to the professional game in a different environment, he might have a different perspective. And when things go bad, which inevitably they will because it's the NFL, there's going to be adversity, how he reacts may not be what you want uh, and, and may not be the same as what you're kind of coaching or preaching to your uh, rookies or some of the younger players that you've got on your team. So that's the other element of this is it's not just about the rookies and their contracts coming up um, because you look at the Packers. They're loyal to a lot of their guys, right? Nick Perry had a double-digit sack season a year ago. They give him an extension. They pay him a good amount of money this year. Not as good of a season. 
Um, so an example of a team that rewarded a guy who was drafted there in the first round who never really meet, met expectations till last year, um, they sign him, and then he doesn't really you know, take the next step like he did in 2016. Um, but I think they've got to do something because it's so rare that you have the opportunity, one, to make this type of run, given how average Blake Bortles has played. I mean, let's be honest. You're not going to find too many quarterbacks that win a playoff game where they rush for more yards than they pass for, <laughs> right? I mean, Michael Vick was the last quarterback, I believe, to do that in the postseason. Oh. Um, and even though he played well, <laughs> even though he played well today, right? Uh, earlier today, he, yeah. he did. We haven't even talked about that. Yeah, no, I know. Mean, yeah. That was that was a stunner, right? When it came down to it, who saw that happening? Um, that Pittsburgh what, defense stunk. Well, we can get into that. That's that's a there's a number of issues there. But in my, in my mind, I do think you have a window, regardless of how you allocate your cap to the quarterback position, whether you draft a guy and you get it right and you don't have to pay him that big second you know, money contract yet, um, or you bring him in via free agency, however you want to talk about it. You have a window because if you've got talented guys, whether they're about ready to come into their second deal or even if they're free agents, um, there's maybe a three to if you're really, really good at, at keeping the right pieces and being able to find other guys to plug in that are more economical, you know, maybe three to five years. Yeah. And and that's your window. And that's why, like when you talk about the Seattle Seahawks, man, they got to make a lot of tough decisions yeah. this offseason. And, and we'll see how that you know pans out. We'll see where that puts them. Uh, next season, the postseason, and and that's why, and and it goes to because, and whatever the hell that was on fourth down that that Atlanta called in that game against Philadelphia, the sprint right option, which is uh, well, one of the, again, we, we we can talk about. It. I mean, these are all games that I think you can break down and talk about. Like a lot of people had an issue with that play. The bottom line is, if Julio Jones doesn't slip. Does it look as bad of a play call? And guess what? The, the throw was on the money, and the ball actually went through Julio Jones's hands. Uh, I, let, let, let me actually address that. I didn't think it was that great of a ball. People, people are going to say exactly what you said. Here's my issue. The ball probably doesn't go through his hands if he's not so concerned with not only catching it, but getting his feet in bounds. Because he kind of pinned him on the sideline with where he was at, he was probably concerned about where his feet were as well as trying to catch the football. And because you can't focus as well on both, he ends up not focusing on the most important part, catching the football. So if that ball is thrown more, of a, more as a jump ball, a little bit to the inside, and not where he has to worry about where his feet are, I think he's got a better chance of catching that football or a better opportunity potentially of, of pass interference uh, if he puts it in a spot where the, he, you know, he has to come back across to the defender and the defender you know, is in the way and he's trying to make a play. There's also a better chance of that. And by the way, that play is called a sprint right option. I know you're new to this whole football thing, Brady. That's a sprint right option that was used years back in the West Coast offense designed by Bill Walsh. That is, uh, that's actually not accurate. Um, well, then we'll just right de- option, we'll delete that from the uh, podcast. Yeah, yeah. So sprint right option, they would have set it up where the inside guy actually breaks out, has an option route. He did in this case, mm-hmm. um, and and the outside guy actually would have tried to kind of run in and then return back out. And and he really ran more vertical and tried to come back down a stem like a comeback. Which, look, we could dissect that play all day. Like I'm, I'm a huge X's and O's geek. I, I think the fact that you got. Uh, your your best player isolated one on one. You got your quarterback out of the pocket. He'd been sacked and pressured and hurried a number of times. So your O line wasn't doing you know doing a great job against the, the uh, Eagles pass rush. So that made sense to me why you'd want to roll him out. Um, I just think that when you're that close 
you don't really have if you're a cornerback, you don't have to worry about getting beat because you can recover because you know the the end lines, you know the end zone's ten yards deep. You're sitting on what the three or four yard line, whatever it was. You don't have that much ground to cover. So you know running a comeback doesn't really sell it a lot of times. Uh, I just wish there was a, you know a better designed play or a pick play, something kind of like a, a sprint right option where. Mm. You know, you can allow that guy to kind of set him up instead of just having him outside of release trying to come back down the stem. But, yeah, well, sprint right option, completely different play. Okay, well, I think that you mis- misunderstood what I was saying. What yeah. I was telling you is that it should have been a sprint right option, but that play that they ran wasn't actually a sprint right option. Well, and here's the other predict- the predictable part of it. Do you know who was the other receiver opposite of where Sanu and Jones was? The other Derek rec- Coleman. Oh, uh, yeah. They're fullback. So you know who wasn't going to get the football probably on that play? That guy on that side of the field. <laughs> so at, at that point, if you're the defense and you heard them talk about it, the Eagles said not only one that we see them do a number of sprint outs in that situation on two-point plays throughout the course of the year, but they were like, well, and they had their fullback out. Like We, we knew they weren't going to target him to win the game. So you knew they were probably going to work that side of the field. So even before they sprint out where they cut the field in half, you already cut the field in half because you weren't going to throw to that guy. So – you know, I, I wasn't a huge fan of the personnel as, as far as how they orchestrated that to, yeah. to, you know, to, to give a shot at Julio Jones. But at the end of the day, again, they took a shot to their best player in a one-on-one matchup, and it didn't work out. Uh, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox, uh, the czar of uh, football knowledge here. Uh, that's me, uh, Jonas Knox, here on Fox Sports Radio. Anything anybody wants to know about the West Coast offense, you can just tweet me at the Jonas Knox. I will, I'll fill you in on the rest. That's what I do. You Again. were accurate, by the way, though, on the uh, Bill Walsh and the West Coast and all hey, that stuff. Listen, as far as, <laughs> you know, sprint right option or Q8, that's, that's, some people call that's it. All, that's all that matters at this point. Uh, yeah. Up next, though, Brady Quinn, we are going to rank some of the best calls in the history of the NFL. And all of these calls are from one human being. That's next year on Fox Sports Radio. He caught it. Stefan Diggs just caught that ball. He's going to score. you got to be kidding me. Jonas Knox, Brady Quinn, Fox Sports Radio. Coming up here in just a minute, we are going to hear some of the all-time great calls, but they come from one NFL team. One NFL team. So we'll get to that here in just a minute. Do want to let you know that we have great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. So I, uh, well, yes. I'm not sure where you're going to go, but uh-huh. I did come across a tweet that I think is is kind of worth reading, only because when you think about like how the circumstances of next week's NFC Championship game, think about this, okay? And this comes from Zach Berman, who's a uh, I believe a writer for the Philadelphia Inquirer, but he says Eagles traded Nick Foles to Rams for Sam Bradford. Foles lost his job in St. Louis. Case Keenum takes over. Eagles draft Carson Wentz and trade Bradford to Minnesota. Vikings sign Keenum, who replaces injured Bradford. Foles returns to Philly, replaces injured Wentz. Now Foles versus Keenum. That's how we've gotten to this point. Like It's crazy to think about how all that's changed and what's all happened the past couple of years. But like that's how we've gotten and, to the NFC Championship game matchup. And it's none, ridiculous. None of that is possible without the great Jeff Fisher. Okay, so I think people need to pay their damn respects because I hang out with him in malls on Monday mornings. Okay, that's what I is that what it was? It was a Monday morning. Yeah, it was a Monday morning. We never we never talked about this. What were you doing? There? <laughs> you know, we got things to get to. Okay, we got we things going, to like, get Orange to. Orange Julius scoping out the chicks. At no, the, uh, Orange Julius court. is good though, man. I actually knew how to make Orange Julius. They're so man, Orange Julius. You could give me a large, and I would suck that thing down 
in two seconds. That sounded really would. inappropriate. There's a drop. God, why do I do this, man? I hate I hate everybody on this show. I it's hate just guts. a fun way to get it in. That's enough. All right. Uh, speaking of professional broadcasters, here was the final call. This was Paul Allen on the Vikings radio network earlier as Minnesota with a miraculous touchdown catch by Stephon Diggs. Case on a deep drop, steps up in the pocket. He'll fire to the right side, caught by Diggs. Stay oh, my God, oh, my God. Oh, my God. No, Kay. Okay, so that was from earlier. That is Paul Allen on the mic with that call. Pretty good call, right? Oh, incredible. Yeah. You want to hear some other great Paul Allen calls, and then we're going to rank which one is the best? Yes, right? Right. of so course. Here was one back in the day. This is the Minnesota Vikings uh, in a must-win situation against the Arizona Cardinals when Josh McCown was the quarterback for the Cardinals. And here's how this sounded, courtesy of the Vikings Radio Network. Get back, guys. Here it is. The season's on the line. Two receivers left and right. McCown takes the snap. He steps up. He's all by himself. Fires into the end zone. Caught! Touchdown! No! <laughs> no! The Cardinals have knocked the Vikings out of the playoffs. <laughs> all right, so that was – I actually, I'm going to put that one as the leader so far. I think that's better than really? the one we heard earlier. I think but so. But that's only because it's at the dismay of all the Vikings fans. Well, like, like, you're trying to like, – let them have their moments listen, tonight. We, we already said this, okay? It's our boss, Scott Shapiro, is our this boss is here. This he is, is he is a diehard Viking fan, born and raised Viking fan. He actually has a skull tattoo on his neck, but that's why he always wears collared shirts so nobody can see the skull tattoo. I was going to say, I've met Scott. I don't remember him having a tattoo. Yeah, on his skull neck. tattoo, full blown. Yeah, guys, I mean, trust me, like he, like he fits in at Hot Topic. I know you go there a lot. He fits right in there. Skull <laughs> well, tattoo based on the on neck. Your mall visits. Yes. that'd be more you, buddy. And uh, and and this is the day that we ask for more for more money, uh, catering every single show. Like, this is the day to do it because he's in a good mood. So if somebody could uh, could pass it along and just say, we are paying tribute, like, we can get, I mean, we're talking about private jets. You and I could get our own studio so we don't have to surround ourselves with anybody. We can isolate ourselves. Like, this is the day to do it. So I think we've yeah. got to be strategic about this. Okay. You want to hear uh, another, I'm with you on that. You want to hear another Paul Allen call? Oh, of course. All right, so this is Paul Allen. Uh, just a couple of years ago, Blair Walsh attempting a game-winning field goal in the playoffs. Here's how it sounded. Blair Walsh from 27 yards left hash. Snap good, spot down. Walsh's kick is up, and it is no good. He missed it. Are you kidding me? The season can't end like that. He missed it left. And the Seattle Seahawks are off to Charlotte. Blair Walsh missed a 27-yard field goal, and the Minnesota Vikings are going to lose 10-9. to Now, sometimes you just rather be lucky than good. And for, the, and for the Seattle Seahawks, they were lucky today. Okay, now of those three, which is the best? So far I, of those, three. I would say I would say that the the second one. Okay, so, besides the one we've we've heard a bunch. Okay, yeah, the second one. so so the second one against the Arizona Cardinals from years ago, you've got ranked as the best. Yes, I would agree, and okay. I and I would say that the one we heard earlier from from today is the the second best one, and then the third I would say is the Blair Walsh. Are yeah. you ready for the winner? Yes, are you ready for I would love to hear for that. the grand finale? Here it was, Vikings Radio Network, almost a decade ago. 
Paul Allen in the NFC Championship game. Brett Favre goes back to pass. He pumps. Now he fires over the middle. Intercepted. I can't believe what I'm seeing right now. <laughs> it was intercepted by Tracy Porter. Near side to the 40. And John Sullivan runs him down at the 47-yard line. You've got to be kidding me. I can't believe what I just saw. <laughs> Looking at that play, he should have just held on to it, Paul. He should have. He could have easily gotten five or six yards if he would have just pulled that thing down and dove forward. But why do you even ponder passing? I mean, you can take a knee and try a 56-yard field goal. This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. There it is. Paul oh. Allen. That is how it's done, baby. You could see, you could hear the misery in his voice <laughs> so of having good. to do his job, but also the fan in him. Yeah, and I love how each one. You know, what you could hear him say, "I can't believe it." Like, like every single yeah, one, he's, he's been through so much, and he can't believe it every single time. Now, we don't mean to to show ourselves and our talent off, but Brady Quinn and I were on the air doing the call of the Vikings final today on that miraculous Stephon Diggs touchdown. And you want to hear professionals listen, read them, and weep. Part about all this is Minnesota, and, and we're just going to crack jokes and bust balls while there's a team whose playoff fate is on the line. As Case Keenum is back to throw it, going deep right side, and uh, oh my God, he caught it. Stefan Diggs just caught that ball. He's going to score. You got to be kidding me. And the game is over. Stefan Diggs just scored. I have a solution for the NFL's biggest problem. This is one of the biggest problems in sports. Everybody talks about it, everybody complains about it. I've got a solution. It is a solution. That Brady Quinn, I guarantee, is going to hate. He will hate this, and I will be mocked on the air for making this 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 idea come to life. You oh, not that's like not true. Come on, you're going to hate it. I, no, I, there's a chance that I'm going to agree with you. Okay. And I'm going to think it's brilliant, and I'm going to say that you're one of the smartest people I've ever met. There's a chance that's going to take place. You know what we could do? Why don't What's we do that? this? We could do it like a reality show. How they film different endings, like two different endings. They get into different clothes and just see which one, after they look at it, was the better ending. Is that like, how that works? Give, yeah, I mean that's oh what I hear. Gosh. I gotta yeah. tell my wife. I, I don't she watch. Loves those shows. I don't watch too many reality shows. Does she watch uh, Total Divas? I'm big into Total Divas. Um, I don't it's know. Good. She watched a few of those shows yeah. though. She, she's always up on it. I have no idea what's she, going on. She watches the uh, Eric Decker, uh, Jesse James Decker reality show. No, but. Oh, um, yeah, no. I, Why don't you she, guys do a reality show? I did show? see. Why would we? Hold on I, a second. I, I did. I did see though. Like Jesse James Decker had like a um, she had, like a music video while pregnant, which is like kind of interesting. Like I would be mm. concerned for the baby, right? Yeah. Like you want to be dancing around. I don't know. Yeah. It seems scary. Not really into all that, but um, uh, I think you and your wife should do a reality show. The yeah, Quins. I, I, I would no part in that. Come on, she I would, she was no part in any. Of that. She was an Olympian. Um, you're you're a you're a superstar quarterback, Notre Dame. When are you going to be in the College Football Hall of Fame? By the way, I see all these guys getting into the College Football Hall of Fame. When are you getting in? I have no idea. I don't even know how any of that stuff works. We didn't win a national championship, so you're not on the fast track if you don't win a national championship. So. Enough with that. Uh, so so it goes to show you, money can't buy you everything. Okay, right? All it right. can for some people that <laughs> got okay. paid. Wow! Listen, we do not need to take. Paid. We do not need to take shots at USC. That is well, not. I, I, I never named teams. I never said anything. I didn't okay. name teams. Um, <clears throat> all right. So here's the uh, here's the idea I have, Brady. Uh, we are okay. coming to you live, by the way, from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15 percent or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate, rate quote. So. The uh, Minnesota Vikings, crazy ending, advance to the NFC title game. They're going to take on the Philadelphia Eagles next week. Um, Then you've got the New England Patriots, 
who again advanced seven straight AFC championship games, which is crazy to think about. It's insane the, the amount of success they had. They're going to take on the Jacksonville Jaguars, who beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're going to get to the Steelers coming up in about 10 minutes from now. 10, 15 minutes from now, I've got a lot of questions for you when it comes to the Steelers. <laughs> Most notably, when are we going to the Tequila Cowboy? I was that just going to say. <laughs> that is my biggest question because that does amazing things to people, I hear. I've heard that the Pittsburgh Steelers are undefeated. Or excuse me, are, are defeated. They, yes. they haven't won winless. a game in the postseason yep. winless when Todd Haley attends yeah. the uh, Tequila it's, Cowboy. Uh, that, that, is a, that is an actual stat. That is a true stat. So we are going to get to all that. But one of the um, – there was, we've heard a lot about officiating. People have complained about the officiating. In the wild card round, the officiating was brutal. I mean, they missed a yeah. lot of calls. Um, then you had what happened in the Tennessee Titan uh, New England Patriot game, in which, come on, let's be honest, uh, New England that was a false start. Okay, on the punt, yeah, the fourth and five. You know, and, and they, whatever. Uh, that would have even changed it, anything in the no, game. It wouldn't. It wouldn't. Okay, uh, but but here I was thinking about something. Like I'm of the I threw this out to you before where I think I'm like Bill Belichick. I think everything should be reviewed. Like everything. And I'm talking about pass interference penalties. I think everything should be reviewable. Oh and boy. the and okay, the biggest issue with that is what in your mind? Uh, the time. Yes. I mean, now you could limit how many they okay. have, but still, it's the time element. These replays take forever. Okay. This is my idea to solve that problem because you've got the time issue that people don't like. And what I don't like is the certain things are reviewable, but certain things aren't. Like, I don't like that. Here's what I propose. I'll meet you in the middle. How about each coach gets five challenges a game? They get five (laughs) challenges a game, and they can review anything they want. P.I., holding a face mask, uh, whether or not it was uh, a guy was inbounds on a catch, whatever. They get five of those a game, and you leave it up to the coaches to determine which ones they want to have New York or whoever it is that takes a look at it, Al Riveron, whoever, if they, if they want to throw a challenge flag on a pass interference penalty that's called against them, they can do it and have the officials and Al Riveron or whoever else it is in New York take a look at it. I think that solves the issue of time, and I think that also <laughs> alleviates, I think it alleviates the issue of bad calls. How does that solve the issue of time? Because you can only do it five times. That's a lot. Five times okay, oh, is a lot. All right, I'll meet. I'll meet you halfway. All right, two and a half. You good with two and a half? Well, that doesn't make sense. Okay, if you would have said three, I might have said okay. Okay, three. I'll do three, and, and I'll go a step further. I'll give you three if they figure out some way of making the process faster. Like I don't understand why, if basically the officials on the field are getting direction from New York, okay. If they're getting direction from New York as far as what the call should be, we don't need to have the official walk over to a little box on the sideline and then look into it and try to make a determination based on that. Because you know who's in his ear? New York. And they're, they're basically helping him make that call. They could say whatever they want publicly, but they're helping him make that call. So to me, why even have him waste time to walk over and then walk back and make the call? It's dead air time. Like, get away from that. So if you want to have someone in New York make the call or someone like in college they have, they have replay officials. There's two guys. They sit up in a booth. Um, they're a part of each conference. You know, they sit there and they'll tell you when, you know, they'll click down when they need to review a play and when they don't. It's a much faster process. How about two like, minutes? Two minutes total for review. 
No, you don't even need to put a time limit on it. Like, honestly, just speed up the process okay. where you don't involve the officials on the field. Because here's the thing I don't, I don't understand. The, pe- the officials on the field already made the call. Like, they gave you their interpretation of it, okay? So if you left it up purely to them looking at the replay, they're going to be more likely to not overturn it, right? Because they're the ones making the call. They want to stick with what they made on the field. So if you're going to go to a replay, like, like that's human nature. So if you're going to go to a replay and you have someone else who wants to give their opinion based on not making the call and based on what they're seeing on film, not in real time, slowed down, you know, all that, then you're talking about a completely different circumstance or process of figuring that call out. So my whole point to this is if you're going to have the element of replay and you want to make everything reviewable, that's fine. I'm okay with that if you limit it to three. And then if you just have the people who are back in New York or two replay officials up in the booth, have those guys make the call then real quick in real time and then not have to have the officials on the field uh, sit there and walk over and be a part of the decision. They already made their call. They had their chance. Okay, but you're okay with my idea of everything should be reviewed, right? How about that? Like, what if, what if, say, there's a play late in the game and the coach has got a challenge flag left and a PI gets called? He can challenge a pass interference now. How about that? Yeah, the problem is that's kind of a subjective call, right? Like, I'll subjective, objective. Who cares? Like, you know, do, can, that's that, that's the problem you're going to run into. Anytime you have a replay, Jonas, you're going to run into subjectivity, meaning, you know, that guy is going to have to kind of, you know, interpret what he feels like what was taking place at what time, and, and they're, they're trying to make calls in real time. Like, the only way, I think, honestly, like, you're going to think this is nuts. Like, I, I wouldn't make anything reviewable but any, everything reviewable for those three challenges. So, like, you just play the game. And if a coach thought he got, got a, a call wrong, you, he throws his challenge flag, you go through the review process up in the booth quickly, and if they got it wrong, they got it wrong. He gets it back. He gets one of his three back. But if he didn't get it right – you know, he, he loses that too, but yeah. then you move on. Yeah. But literally, other than that, nothing else is reviewable. So that way, at least the, the speed of play, you know, it, it goes. Like, you don't have to worry about slowing down for review every single time or if, or if, what's, if it's within the final two minutes because you'd want to harness those challenges much like you would uh, if it was uh, timeouts in a two-minute. But you think I'm on to something, don't you? Come on, just tell me. I think there's something there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's definitely something there. Yeah, like, that's, that's, called, that's called prep. Everybody. I'll put it this way: the blood's flowing. You've got some things, you know, going in the right direction. <laughs> well, I think are, the are, thought... are we on Facetime right now? How'd you know? <laughs> I, I mean, you know, I just I'm listening to you. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it's three. getting hot in there in the studio. It, like, is. it sounds like there's a lot going on. Yeah, it is. Uh, it, it's it's a bo alley here uh, in the studio. That's not because of the homeless guy outside. I swear to you. There's I don't know what happened to my deodorant, but somehow during the chaos of that Vikings finish, my deodorant decided, you know what? Let's leave his body right now and let him sit through the misery of his own filth for the next two hours. Go hard on a guy. That's enough. <laughs> so at least we're on to something. That so so when the NFL changes and when Al Riveron. Uh, what the hell is Jeez. it? When Al Riveron and Roger Goodell and the rest of these these guys, whoever they are, uh, Serator or some of these other guys, when they all Gene get together, Sarator. yeah, whatever. Yeah. When they all get, by the way, did you hear Joe Buck's wise ass comment today? There, no, what there, he said. there was like a third down. I think it was like a third, and it was third and less than a yard. And Joe Buck said, uh, "So uh, I think it might have been Minnesota, or maybe it was New Orleans that was going for the for the first down." He said. Uh, so New Orleans is a value pack short of in, a value pack of index cards short of the first down, <laughs> <laughs> and of course Troy Aikman, uh, you know, he laughed because you know everybody's making a mockery of the officiating. I just think that we're onto something. So when the NFL changes this, 
and they and they have everything be reviewable, and they give coaches the opportunity to challenge or, re, or have looked at everything they want to have looked at. You heard it on this show first. Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox, you heard it here first. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I like that. By the way, uh, Live Bet Jesus, there have been people asking about the whereabouts of Live Bet Jesus. Uh, I do not know him personally. I don't know how many times I have to tell people this, but I do have it on good authority because there hasn't been a Sunday night game in quite a while that Live Bet Jesus will be returning next week at this time. Oh, I yeah. was going to say I mean, he's he's kind of been on vacation or well, a hiatus. Or, actually, actually, he, he, you know, there's a fight, there's fights going on right now. I mean, there's lines on that, right? Can't right. you make bets on some of these UFC fights that are airing on FS1? You probably could, but nobody cares about this UFC card, okay? And I love the UFC, <laughs> but nobody cares about it. <laughs> this is coming from the guy who was a part of uh, witnessing live bet Jesus bet a regular season NBA game. Wasn't that between the Suns and who the Bucks or someone? Listen, we don't need to go back to last year. That was a long time ago. That was two thousand. That's such a two thousand seventeen. <laughs> what a week story, ago! Man. Like that was so two thousand seventeen. We don't need to. We don't need to talk about that. The whole point. Thank being, God, it's twenty eighteen. By the way, I bet Jesus had a bad streak going into the end of twenty seventeen. Right, listen, you want to rattle his cage? All right, you you really want to rattle his cage? <laughs> that LBJ will bet on Wimbledon and drive this show into the ground. If that's what it takes, all right. Do not rattle his cage. That guy's a degenerate, and you do not want to make a degenerate angry. But live bet Jesus will be appearing here next week because the Eagles Vikings game is the nightcap. Or Steve DeSager, that's the that's the late game, right? Six thirty Eastern time. Eagles Vikings yep, on Fox. Steve, how excited are you to have live bet Jesus back next week? Uh, every time you say LBJ, I assume President Johnson is making a reappearance on the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we dug him up. Yeah, that's that's what happened. Uh, yeah, just a little, do either... we not have an LBJ drop? Uh, I don't. I don't know. Do we have an LBJ drop? I'm not sure. There's there's a lot of stuff there on that board. You know, a lot of things that are that are probably not the most appropriate thing to play. Well, um, other than that, I was going to say when Bobo's Victor's back, the there's a lot of stuff on that board. <laughs> Hold on a second. What the hell did you just play, Bobo? Big testicles. All right. Big testicles. Okay, that's enough. Good God. You know what I don't understand? After our conversation before the show, when we couldn't get on a drop of digs, it's digs. Okay. Now we allow that to, I mean, it's unbelievable. I haven't had a chance to go back and talk to the editors. All right. I'll work on it. Uh, Brady. Okay, they, I do too. But Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox here, Fox Sports Radio, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Up next. There is going to be major changes for a really, really good football team. And uh, I don't think anybody should be surprised about what happens next. We'll tell you here on Fox Sports Radio. Ah, I want to see what's on the other broadcast. Where'd you go to high school, Brady Coyne? What was the name of the high school? Uh, Dublin Kaufman. Yeah, Dublin Kaufman. This is what was yeah. playing on in the weight room at Dublin Kaufman when now, Brady that was doing hack squats. Hack that squats is... and lunges. You say hack squats? Yeah, you never heard of hack squats? It's uh, where they work your fronts. You like uh, you get in it sort of a, at an at an incline, and they work your fronts. They work your quads, hack squats. Oh, got you, got you. Yeah, yeah. I think I know what you're talking about now. You lost me when you're talking about your working on your fronts, and um, never mind. It's just <laughs> that uh, sounded really. But did but did was that on the soundtrack at Dublin Kaufman High School? Oh, 100 yeah. percent, man. That's what I kind of grew up lifting to and grinding to, man. Yeah, good old days, <laughs> grinding. <laughs> Oh man, this show's on. This show's, this show's on. One big drop. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still waiting for my okay. Stefan Diggs. Hold on uh, a second. Let's yeah. let's get to something here. 
Um, We're never getting it to, are we? Just be honest. No, no. We, we, man, I have not had time. Okay, there's a lot going on here. NFL playoffs, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox. Here, Is it Fox, coming up an hour radio. four? Promise me uh, that. No, hold, just hold on. Like, you're so – I don't know why you're hooked on this thing. I'm hooked on this. What would you have for dinner, Brady? <laughs> oh, chicken parm. Uh, spicy chicken parm, wasn't it? It was so yeah. good. Is, is this like an obsession with you? Like uh, yeah, pretty much. Is it your favorite it's, food? Spicy chicken. You know parm? what it is. So uh, one, my wife's an amazing cook. So it starts there. Yeah, I saw the picture just now. That's why I oh, asked. It was incredible. She made that so, all for you. Uh, it wouldn't me, her, obviously, and our daughter Sloan. But here's the thing. So when I, I'd go call a game on the weekend, and when I get home. You know, there's nothing like a home-cooked meal. Like, there's nothing like that. Just kind of welcome you back. So that was kind of our routine. Um, but obviously, I, I didn't have to call a game this weekend. But I, I kind of said to her, because she's now she works for the SEC Network, so she calls gymnastics meets on the weekends. So when she gets back, you know, we just want to have kind of a home-cooked meal to kind of hang out together. So she cooked that for me. And, Jonas, I swear to you, you see that whole dish of chicken? It was gone. You ate gone. all of those. How many breasts no, Well, there was... There's a lot of breasts, um, but yeah, Alicia had a little bit, Sloan had a little bit, and then I just crushed the rest. That's unbelievable. Now, did you yeah. have a glass of wine with that? Uh, no, no, I, I don't like to drink before. Obviously, we have uh, our show. So at least you're a professional. Uh, Bobo's been sipping on Mad Dog 2020 since two o'clock. So that is uh, at least one of us is professional here. It's Thanks. So if I lose my drink, job, though. I know how to blame you. Oh, we're on the air. <laughs> Jesus, I didn't know we we're on the air. God, Jonas. <laughs> All right, uh, Brady, let's get into this. What the hell happened to the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday? Well, uh, I'd say it was this. You you mentioned it earlier. Their defense was awful, but to me, they really have struggled to stop the run since Ryan Shazier has gone out, which, you know, terrible, terrible situation and deal. But Vince Williams, Sean Spence, the guys who are the inside linebackers, uh, it just it hasn't been the same, man. And it wasn't only the running game, which, you know, what Fournette had over 100 yards rushing himself. They had over 160 as a team uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars today. It was also coverage. Like, they played a lot more zone coverage. I don't know why. They don't necessarily need to. Hayden's, you know, has really picked up on the outside at cornerback for them. And I think that should allow them to play a little more man-to-man. It's not like the Jacksonville Jaguars have a bunch of world beaters at, at wide receiver and tight end. Um, but they played a lot of zone coverage, and if, if you'll recall, like, go back and watch it. How many completions did you see over the middle where a lot of those inside linebackers are, are dropping kind of into space, and that's the thing is they're just covering space. They're not really matching up with a guy or really trying to contest any of the passes. So, like, that was one of the things that flew under the radar. I thought their defense played poorly, but in particular their inside linebacker play was not good. And then the fourth and shorts, man. What the hell has happened to just a quarterback sneak? It's unbelievable. Like, like he, you're 6'5", 260 pounds, dude. Yeah, you just roll forward. You'll get it. You, I promise but, you. But it's, well, we've talked about it before. The decision on fourth and one or less than a yard, why you don't just run a quarterback sneak, it's the fastest way. It's like the, the quickest way to pick up, pick up yardage. Like, I don't understand. You, and, know, you, know who does a lot of, you know who does a lot of quarterback sneaks? The Patriots. And Tom yeah. Brady's 90. And you he, know, you he know he did a quarterback sneak today that worked? Drew Brees, and he's 39. Jesus, man. It's I don't like, get it. And he's in shotgun most of the game. So it's like everyone knew what he was pretty much doing when he came under center in a short yard scenario. I have no idea. And here's the excuse you're going to get, okay? You hear the coaches go, well, they were in both A gaps. Well, they were in both A gaps and both B gaps. Guess what? That's irrelevant, okay? Because what the line does is they basically form a V. They create like a wedge. And all you do as a quarterback is – 
you move forward, and now because the rules have changed, the running back can't even push you and assist you forward. It used to be illegal. Now it's legal. And all you do is find a little seam, and you push forward for a yard. Like, it, it's it's not complicated at all. They had terrible play calling throughout the game, yep. I thought, by Todd Haley. I know his contract's up after this year. Oh, so he's, he's gone. Todd Haley's we'll, gone. Yeah, and we'll see. I mean, who knows? But um, they, they ran the toss-crack play instead, which, you know, credit Jalen Ramsey. He came up and made a great play on that particular one. The other one, they take a shot at Juju Smith-Schuster in one-on-one coverage versus Boye. My only thing with that is, like, I, some people will say, look, that might be the only, only you know, one of your best chances of, of getting a shot. If it's not Antonio Brown, to me, I'm like, it's a mistake. Like, Juju Smith-Schuster has been phenomenal this year for any standard, not just a rookie, but he's still a rookie. Yeah. And that's who you're putting the game on in that situation. Like, it just I, I didn't like the decision-making there. I thought Ben held on the football a little bit too long at times. You know, besides that, made some huge throws. I mean, they're, they're, they're fourth and long, two times for touchdowns, like just ridiculous plays. But at the end of the day, I'm like, that was that was the Steelers this year. Yeah. They were inconsistent, and they didn't play well enough as a team to win, win games, especially when they needed to most. Uh, here was Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin after the game. We didn't get it done. We didn't play well enough today. Uh, we didn't coach well enough today. Uh, the effort was there. The resolve was there. But just not enough detail execution to, to win versus good people in January football, and that's, you know, that's about the only way to cut it. And the other thing, going for the onside kick, all right, so the, so the Steelers are down, um, they're, they're within a touchdown, and they decide to go for an onside kick when you've got two timeouts and there's 2.15 remaining. So you basically have three timeouts with the two-minute warning. They do an onside kick, and it was almost like – like, uh, you ever done that trick where you take a, a bottle cap off and you, and you flick it with your fingers and it flies like a saucer, like, like, a, like a, a saucer? You see people do it like that? That's yeah. kind of what it, the onside kick looked like because that went nowhere in a hurry. It went five <laughs> yards. It hit off a of Pittsburgh Steelers. It, it hit was, off Matakevich. Yeah, yeah. One, one of the worst onside kicks I've seen. And I'm thinking to myself, like, why the onside kick there? Why not pin him back and make Blake Bortles – throw the ball to try and get a first down because then what did, what did Jacksonville do with the great field position? They didn't end up getting a first down, but they kicked a field goal and the game was out of reach at that point. Yeah. I, I did like that decision there. There was a number of decisions. I mean, really when it comes down to it, um, I thought they got out coached and bottom line yep. is credit Doug Marone. I don't think he's got enough credit. Nathaniel Hackett, their OC did a tremendous job. Um, you know, the line, the offensive line for the Jacksonville Jaguars doesn't get enough credit. Linder, um, their their center played phenomenal. I'm talking about going up against guys like Tuitt and Hayward on the inside, Hargrave. Like those guys are really good. This was the number one defense uh, as far as getting sacks and production in the NFL in the regular season. They were Pittsburgh was number one, and this Jacksonville Jaguars offensive line played musical chairs the whole year. This is one of the few times they got the chance to play together. They had a heck of a game. Not one sack. There were a couple times where Bortles had to move. When he did, he you know made a good decision, and that was kind of the other thing. You know, obviously not turning the football over, running when he when he could, uh, and then just you know making some of the passes he was asked to make. I, I thought you know there were some things that got overlooked, like he had a pass to Yeldon that I can guarantee you it was yeah. his fifth read that ended up being a pretty big play uh, up the left sideline, yep. a little swing route. Like that doesn't show up on highlights. It was a huge play for him, man. Like it changed field position. It was huge on that drive. Uh, but the offensive line needs to get more credit for how good they were in the running game and obviously protecting Bortles. Uh, Mike Tomlin also talked about the decision to go for that onside kick when he did. You know, we wanted to get the ball back, you know. Um, we hadn't 
stopped them convincingly enough to, to take any other approach, in my opinion. And it was my decision. Yeah. It's a bad decision. It's a bad one. And those are the, those are the times when you interject as, as a head coach, sometimes to try to make something happen. Like, like let's let the game happen. Like, you, I always feel like that's being too proactive in that case, uh, where you don't have to be reactive, but you got to pick and choose your spots. And when you do it, like, at that moment, to me, it, it wasn't a good call. Okay, now, do you think the Tequila Cowboy, around the corner from Heinz Field, do you think they're going to do, like, a Todd Haley night? But the theme of the night for Todd Haley night is when you order a drink, the drink you get back is the wrong drink. <laughs> you think that's the move, maybe? I, I have no idea. I'm not sure they're going to be able to capitalize off of these Steelers okay. not being not playing any longer. Okay. Um, regardless but, of the fact that that would have been their last home game anyway, I just I can't imagine that the Tequila Cowboy is going to some somehow capitalize off of uh, Todd Haley at this point. He might even be there anymore. Can we please do a remote from Tequila Cowboy? Can somebody listen? You know that's what we want. Our boss is, is a Vikings fan. They just won. He's in a good mood. We would like to do a remote from the Tequila Cowboy near Heinz. That would be phenomenal. Oh, man. Set that up. That would be so much fun. All right, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox, Fox Sports Radio, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. There was also a really, really, really big competition going on this week in the world of sports, a big one. You may have forgotten about it. We'll tell you what that was next here on Fox Sports Radio. But for all the latest from around the world of sports, it's Steve DeSager. And, guys, on that on onside kick attempt, if I recall correctly from the graphic on the telecast, the Steelers last recovered an onside kick a decade ago, 0 for 15 in such tries since. Pittsburgh lost at home. New Orleans lost on the final play. We do have this NFL note from Albert Breer, MMQB, per his sources. The Detroit Lions have informed other coaching candidates that they've been eliminated from the search, so they're moving forward with the expectation that the Patriots' Matt Patricia will be the next Detroit head coach. Told you, Brady. When the Patriots' season ends. As for college football, it is official. The new head coach for the University of Arizona is Kevin Sumlin, ex of Texas A&M. By the way, Buffalo Bills have a new offensive coordinator, Brian Dable from Alabama. He's a Buffalo area native and a longtime NFL assistant. As for the NFL playoffs, Jacksonville did get the win at Pittsburgh 45-42 despite five touchdown passes from Ben Roethlisberger. He threw for 469 yards but did have two first-half turnovers, and the Jaguars led 21-0 in the second quarter. Pittsburgh got close in the second half but never tied it. Temperature was in the teens. Jacksonville's now going to be at New England next Sunday for the AFC Championship game. The early forecast, about 50 degrees for that game. Minnesota will play at Philadelphia in the NFC Championship game next Next Sunday on Fox TV, 6.30 p.m. Eastern time. Early forecast for that. Temperature of about 50 degrees and no rain in Philly until the next day. Minnesota was a winner at home over New Orleans on a 61-yard touchdown pass on the final play, 29-24 over the Saints. Saints had trailed 17-0 late third quarter, but took the lead on a touchdown with three minutes left, retook the lead later, and still Minnesota wins. Stephon Diggs with the game-winning touchdown. He had six catches, 137 yards. Case Keenum over 300 yards passing. There were points scored on each of the last four possessions in this one, in the last four minutes of the game. In the NBA, New Orleans won in overtime at New York, 123-118. Anthony Davis, 48 points and 17 rebounds. Miami and Indiana with wins, college basketball victories for number three, Virginia, for Ohio State, Indiana, and USC. Back to you. Thanks, Steve. Jonas Knox, Brady Quinn here, Fox Sports Radio, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. All right, so Brady, um, 
it, it maybe it's the most it's the fiercest competition all week long in sports. Okay, and it's not whether or not you'll allow five minutes to pass before you eat an entire tray of uh, <laughs> what is it? What, what's, what did you have again? It was uh, chicken the, parm, yeah, man. chicken parm, spicy chicken parm. It's that good. Huh? I, don't, I don't know why she calls it that. It's just yeah. the sauce. I guess it's a little spice to it. Oh, why wouldn't you want spicy? It's always better to have spicy. Yeah. Uh, chicken parm's good, man. The chicken parm at uh, uh, Buca de Beppo is good. Oh, did fan. you end up having that? Of course. I thought you said they ran out of a bunch of they stuff. They did. We just went to the store and got some sauce. Yeah, they ran out. Uh, Buca de Beppo ran out of sauce on Christmas. <laughs> How the hell does that happen, man? <laughs> uh, that's like, a, that's like a, a kicker running out of feet. <laughs> <laughs> like how does that happen? Well, he's got to use his elbow in this case, <laughs> I mean, like I don't or his other leg. Yeah, like, yeah, like what is like how does that happen? They ran out of sauce, so we ended up getting like a twenty-five dollar gift card or some crap like that. But yeah, whatever. All right, can we uh, can we do the show now, please? Yeah, of okay. course. All right, it's time for this. Time to put your money where your mouth is. I have been losing. You know you're a lion, low life gambling degenerate. It's over under. And for that, we turn it over to executive producer Eric Roberts to find out what the hell we are gambling on this week. All right, guys, before we get to the uh, championship round or the conference championship round of the NFL next weekend, we'll look back at last weekend. Um, you guys pushed 4-1, 4-1. Wow, very, Jonas, um, good for you, yeah, man. So you, you only differed on two picks, and both of you split. Um, Brady got the correct guess at the under on the under three and a half number of sacks uh, for Jacksonville against Pittsburgh. They had two. And um, Jonas got the under on the under 10.5 for the margin of victory in the NCAA championship game. Yeah, that's what I do, man. It's just what I do. I win. And because that was the first week we've ever done this, we're tied officially. <laughs> that's sad. It, it has been a much more competitive start to the it year has. for Jonas. Uh, you're only down one game. Back to back, four and one weeks. Brady's edging you out, though, because he had a 5-0 and week, two weeks ago. Yeah. So. Well, you don't need All to right. bring that up, though. All right, so what do we got? Yeah, we don't need uh, – that's, that's that's irrelevant here. It's a new audience. Uh, it's radio. The audience tunes in and out. So what do we got now for this week? Okay, guys, so we're going to be looking at the uh, conference championship games next week. Uh, we're going to start with the over-under is at 1.5 for the number of wins for number one seeds next weekend. Both the Patriots and Eagles still in it, number one seeds for their respective conferences. Oh, so number of wins, 1.5 for those two teams. Jonas, I thought you started this thing. Do you not start? Yeah. God, that's st- okay. I'm going to take the over. I'll go. I'll, I'll take the over. I, I think uh, Minnesota, or I think. Uh, oh no. I'll take the under. Give me the under. <laughs> I, I, I just thought it through. Give me the under. I, I'm going to take the under as well. You want me to start from now on? Or no, you, you start. Listen, I'm, tr- I'm thinking about it. All right. I'm, I'm trying to figure out what, what, what pick I want to make because I'm tired of being bullied on this show. So I'm trying to have a better year and I'm starting off better and I don't want to be mocked anymore. I'm being bullied. Okay, on New the Year, show. New You. I got you. All right, let's go. All right, guys. In the AFC Championship game, a uh, number of TDs thrown by, by Blake Bortles against the Patriots over under one and a half. Oh, this is a tough one. Remember, thrown, not running. Well, the greatest quarterback of all time is not Tom Brady. The greatest quarterback of all time is Blake Bortles down by four touchdowns. Because, man, <laughs> that, I don't know what it is, but if you're a fantasy football Garbage owner, time, oh, it's the best. Uh, I'll take the over. I'm going to be positive. I'm going to stand by Blake, my guy. I've always supported Blake Bortles. For some reason, I just think New England's going to stack the box in every scenario. So even if they even if they get down to like the goal line, for example – they're going to have to throw it in, man. I'm telling you. So I just think for whatever reason, 
It could be two touchdowns, three interceptions, or something like that. I, I think he's going to have to throw his way like at least into the end zone if they're going to score. And I do think they'll score a couple times. So I'm going to take the over, too. All right. Okay, guys, so st- sticking with the AFC Championship game, over under 10.5 for the margin of victory in that game. Under. What's the number? 10.5. That number's high, isn't it? Well, I thought the, it was like the a 8, isn't it? The game line was 9. Okay. So it's, it's, not, it's not that bad. I, I'll take the under. I think Jacksonville's going to keep it closer than people realize. I, I think they're going to shorten the game, too. I think they're going to run the football. Look, they'll play good defense, and, and with that – with that D-line, man, I mean, look, last two times the New England Patriots were in Super Bowls and lost. Who were they playing against? New York Giants. Yep. Who was their head coach? Tom Coughlin. Yep. Tom Coughlin's got a whistle on weekdays on the sidelines at practice. Not sure if you know that. Charts, plays, all that. He is heavily involved is he really? with this team. Yes. Oh, wow. He I is heavily involved with this team. So I think it's going to be the under in this particular case. I do think it will be somewhat close. All right, guys, three picks, three um, same answers. Yeah, why don't nice. you get your own idea, Brady? <laughs> so we're going to start. I'll start from that. Switching over to the NFC Championship guys, championship game, guys. This will be in play next week, so we'll have a little bit something on the line here when it's on. Um, number of TDs for Nick Foles against the Vikings, over under one and a half. Man, this is so tough. I'm taking the under. I think we'll have one. I, I don't know that he has two. That's a good secondary. Okay. Uh, I'm going to take the over. All right. How about that? Because because one of us has got to have the balls to put some faith in Nick Foles, and I'm going to do it. I'm taking the over. You put your balls all over Nick Foles, okay? <laughs> that was Bubba there. Um, okay, guys, final one. Over under. Over under. What the hell was in the what was, what was in the chicken palm? Booze? <laughs> no. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> what the, what the, like, how would you think that saying that would come across appropriate? Uh, you, you're the one that said it in the first place. Yeah, because I'm putting, I'm, I, you know, I, I've got the balls to to bet on Nick Foles. Yeah, I said bet him all over him or whatever I ended up saying. That is not what you said, bro. Oh, okay. Well, and maybe it was misconstrued, but no. you knew what I meant. No, 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 we didn't. Yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> okay, guys, final one, final one. We did the AFC Championships. We're going to do the NFC Championship now. Over under seven and a half for the margin of victory in that game. Seven and a half. Gosh. I think it'll be close, right? Yeah. I think I'm going to take the under. Yeah, I'll take the under on that, too. Why is it set so high, Eric? <laughs> Did you set that or did you find it somewhere? Hey, look, uh, we, we do not, do not, look, this is what Brady does. For people that do not understand this, Brady manipulates the line. You know, I set I set the over-under for the championship game last year, the last week, and he ripped me. He's like, yes. oh, it's going to be a blowout, yes. blowout. And who got it wrong, Brady? You did. Yeah. Okay, this man. This is what game so we're talking about. Up, right, dude. Tennessee? No, national championship game. No, the national no, he, championship game. I said it at 10.5 half last oh, week, and you're I'm like, oh, sorry. it's going to be a blowout. They were playing so with their backup quarterback me. for half of football. Here's, here's the deal. Brady manipulates the lines, okay, because he threatens people during the break. Uh, because he bullies me on the air. It's, I mean, I can't, like, this violence, and then he makes me sound like I'm saying things that are inappropriate. I don't appreciate it. I really don't. I think it's out of line. <laughs> okay. I, I will no gap. longer speak the rest of the show. <laughs> that, that's, your, that's your move? Good I'm luck. just going to go silent Good the rest of the, the show? Good luck the next 18 minutes, all <laughs> right? If you're paying me $20 million a year, you can rip my ass. Okay, that is out of line, all right? That is not what I meant by that, okay? That is not what I meant. 
right. Uh, there we go. Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox here, Fox Sports Radio. Anything uh, else you want to say, Brady? All right. Yeah. Hey, you better not talk. Hey, yeah, you don't talk on my show. Don't even say a word on my show. <laughs> Imagine how awkward it would get for the rest of the show. I know. Good luck with that one, buddy. <laughs> All right. So uh, coming up next here on Fox Sports Radio, um, we are going to hear something that is going to be very surprising to you, something you did not realize about somebody and a member of this show. That's next year on FSR. Janice is my tranny name. Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox here, Fox Sports Radio. Was this Pitbull? Well, uh, yeah. It's not Pitbull? Are you serious or are you joking? No. It's Sean Paul. Sean Paul. Sean Paul from Jamaica, Duke. The hell is Sean Paul? He's Sean Paul. He's like one of the biggest reggae artists ever. Do you know Sean Paul? Do I personally? Yeah. (laughs) Do you? If somebody knows Sean Paul, tell (laughs) him I said he stinks. How's that? Uh, he was kind of big in his day, though, right? <laughs> he was big. He had like four albums that yeah, just whatever. went like multi-platinum. Well, like, he wasn't like Mr. 305, though. He wasn't like Pitbull. No, he wasn't Pitbull big, but yeah. he got pretty big at one point in time. Well, it's been a rough weekend for uh, people with two first names. Sean Paul, Matt Ryan, Dennis Allen. Been a rough one. I'm just pointing that out. I'd like to point out some uh, some facts here and give you drop a little bit of NFL knowledge on you, Brady. That is that. true. Um, all right, so we are coming to you live uh, from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, and we've got great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Chris Plank and Arnie Spanier are 10 minutes away from now. Um, if you want to know why it is that the Vikings, that the Patriots, the Eagles – and the Jacksonville Jaguars have advanced to the conference championship games, it's because Arnie Spanier picked the opposite of all those. All right. So <laughs> if you would like, so if you would like uh, actual uh, evidence of that, uh, make sure you stick around for uh, Plank and Spanier coming up here on, on Fox Sports Radio. So, um, How about this? You know, Tom Brady has as many Super Bowl rings as the other three quarterbacks have starts in the playoffs. Jesus, man. Like it's, think about that. Like think about what the NFL is selling next weekend. I, I don't. I don't like. I, I know that people look like understand how great they are, but I don't think that they understand that we're probably never going to see this again. This is never going to happen again. The way the NFL is now, like this is like they're the last dynasty I could see in the NFL for quite some time. Remember, everybody thought uh, Seattle had the making of a dynasty. Yeah, and Seattle is pretty much gutted their staff. They, I mean, it's going to be a big transitional year. They're trying to figure out what the direction is. The, uh, parts of that defense are not going to be back. And New England just keeps doing it, man. Seven straight. Like, there are players that maybe were drafted by the Patriots back in 2012 who have never played the first round of a playoff game because they've had a bye every year. Yeah. Like, it's weird. Like, it's just crazy, <laughs> man. Like, and, and if you're, I wonder if there's player envy. You know, like, do you look at a guy like uh, Blake Bortles and see the defense he has. And as a former quarterback, do you ever watch it and go, why the hell couldn't I get that? Oh, of course. And even just the patience that the organization has had with him. You know, I mean, being with a bad organization um, initially, right, but one that I think you have to understand, like Shad Khan was patient, even with Gus Bradley, where they started to build the foundation of, I think, what this defense could be. And then as they continue to add pieces, and you see what Tom Coughlin and Doug Barone have done this year, um, you see why they can be successful. I mean, this is a talented roster we thought was going to take this step last year. It just didn't come together, and Bortles played bad. 
um, and they had enough faith in him to pick up the option. So, um, you know, it. I just think it goes to show you, like, ownership matters, the way they end up handling all of that. I, I do think it, it matters, some of the additions and the pieces that you make, but it just goes to show you, you don't even have to have the best quarterback play, obviously, to win a Super Bowl. I mean, when you look at three of the four teams, I think it's fair to say that they're largely led by their defense. Uh, well, if I had to sum up, Brady, the uh, sun, crazy Sunday in the NFL, it's got to be with these three legendary calls. Let's first hear Paul Allen on the Vikings radio network. Case on a deep drop, steps up in the pocket. He'll fire to the right side, caught by Diggs. Stay oh, my God, oh, my God. Hey, 30, no, 10, touchdown. Are you kidding me? It's a Minneapolis miracle. on Diggs and the Minnesota Vikings have lost it's a 61-yard Minneapolis miracle. And then this was uh, Brady's personal favorite from the day. This is from uh, uh, Fox, uh, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. That's the rookie Trey Hendrickson, and you see the left elbow get into the chin. He and Jordan there. Yeah, Hendrickson got the hit first, and I tell you, a, a, a huge penalty because Keenum did not see Diggs coming across the field. As early as he should have, had he had caught him early, Dix had some room to run and and maybe get into field goal range. But a big 15-yard penalty against this defense, and nothing has gone right for that team. You yeah. got to be careful yeah. how you say Stephon yeah. Diggs's last name. You say it too quick, it could be misconstrued. Another piece of advice: don't yeah. say Jaguars with food in your mouth. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> well, you know we kind of you know got I mean? on Tony Romo, yeah, for because <laughs> well, he stinks. No, but but Jim Nance, like you brought this up before, he had food in his mouth one time. We were listening. Oh yeah, to it. we did. Yeah, he like was chewing his way through a McDonald's read. <laughs> like when I was watching the game uh, two days ago, it was yeah. unbelievable. But how about a couple of professionals here on the way out? How about the crummy part about all this is Minnesota, and, and we're just going to crack jokes and bust balls while there's a team whose playoff fate is on the line. As Case Keenum is back to throw it, going deep right side, and uh, oh my God, he caught it. Stephon Diggs just caught that ball. He's going to score. You got to be kidding me. And the game is over. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. 
because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.